you go. Pretty snappy opening there. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> I wrote I wrote that. <laughs> I wrote that. All right. My name's Derek Smalls. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, no, that is that is actually um, an intro to one of the songs that is going to eventually be on my album that I can't seem to finish. And let's see if we can. Is this like this the like... ten year plan? Is that yeah. the, is that what you got? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's pretty rough, dude. Yep. It's pretty rough, and uh, it's mostly because I don't like the idea that I have to play multiple instruments on this album. Oh, so okay. I've been procrastinating it and trying to find other people to take over the drums. Mm -hmm. You know, and this just never really happened. So just in the last like three to six months, I've kind of finally resolved and gone. All right, I guess I'm doing it. Right. I mean, any, better bang off the rust. Anyone that that does, you know, a solo project like that is—I guess you don't really need them. Yeah, anyone that does like a, a solo project, I mean, hats off to them because that's—it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah, the thing I don't like about it—the really the exclusive thing I don't like about it—is the fact that I'm collaborating with myself, which is my least version of being a musician. My favorite thing is mm. is jamming with other people. Right. Um, and those beautiful aha moments that pop up because I never would have thought about it like that. Right. I never would have went that direction, you yep. know? And sometimes it's, it's even on my own instrument. Like, let's say you write a riff hypothetically. Mm -hmm. And when I hear it in my head, I'm hearing the doom, pakun, duka. But then you bring to me just because this is the way you heard it in your head mm -hmm. and you had it, you had, in order to do it, you put a program track behind it. I'm like, oh, wow, that's actually, I would have never approached it because it just sounds like it should go this direction. But now that I, that's in the back of my mind, mm -hmm. sometimes I blend the two, sometimes I'll switch back and forth. But that just doesn't happen as much when you're doing it by yourself. Right. So, yeah, that's why it's the 10-year plan. That's why... I, <laughs> Because I, I, like I said, I had to bang out the rust, man, and I'm just now getting to a place where I'm not completely humiliated by my own shitty drumming, you know? Right. Because it's been that long. It really has been that long since I took that instrument seriously. I, I mean, literally gone are the days, and this is obviously, you know, showing my age, but, you know, gone are the days of the, of the you know, the Tascam 4 track where, you know, it recorded on a cassette, and literally you could, like, do all the overdubbing and listen to that and that was always the most challenging piece is like okay getting the timing right mm -hmm. because you know today's technology digital i mean it's it's so it's i think it's a lot easier to like try and you know okay scratch that let's do it again let's do it again let's do it again ask him it was like oh man yeah you could only overdub so many times and then that that tape was junk yeah you know? <laughs> yeah dude I, there's a guy on um TikTok I follow where he actually has like a really old high-end mm -hmm. uh, tape machine and he shows how they like erased spots right um, he shows how uh, they would like reverse the tape to, to create reverse reverb right um, editing it like oh see we're gonna get rid of this entire chunk cut it out here's my mark here's my mark split split put them back together and then he plays it and it's just flawless right i'm like i know dudes who can't cut in and out of digital audio that cleanly <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> kind of mind-blowing but oh, uh yeah. yeah i appreciate you being here buddy oh, i yeah. really do man we've never well, formally for met me. until today mm -hmm. um but you've been around a while man um, for people that don't know, and we are officially on Twitch and YouTube, I should just grab my phone real quick just to make sure the feeds are working. Um, 
Let me just do that real quick. Real quick, like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Looks good. Looks like it's up. Can people hear us? Check, check, check. Yep. Yep. Rock and roll. Awesome. I like that little delay that you always get from. Yeah. And that's that's when I just in case we say a bad word or something. You know, yeah, un- like, unfortunately, <laughs> I don't have a radio dump button, so it's it's still gonna make it there. Right. Uh, it's just five seconds behind, so if you want, right. you can watch it in, in your own replay, right. like John Madden. <laughs> yeah, circle on the screen. See, right here is when he fucked up. <laughs> here, wait, let me put a bleep in here. Yeah. A, yep. I can do that in post, which I do none of, so it's still right. not happening. Yep. Uh, yeah, but for people that don't know. Uh, just kind of briefly explain, uh, let people know who you are and what you do. Yep. So um, my name is Dave Rubin. I'm, uh, I, I currently am the owner of uh, my own little business. It's uh, Ruby Glass Media. Um, do photography, concert photography, portrait photography, um, also video work and film work. Um, so short films, um, music videos. That's, that's like kind of one of the big things right now um, is kind of getting music videos and all that good stuff. So I've been doing it for, oh gosh, here again I'm dating myself, but um, been doing photography uh, for probably, well, I would say since about 1982, um, kind of off and on. And then, you know, professionally, um, and when I say professional, I mean, this is really kind of the full-time, mm-hmm. the full-time spin. Um, been doing that for probably uh, the last uh, maybe 20 years or so. Oh, shit. Um, so, yeah. So, how did you get into photography? Like, what drew you to photography? Because yep. that's where you originally buttered your bread, right? Pretty much, yeah. You didn't start with video. You didn't no. start with, <laughs> with all the... It starts with photography. Yeah. Now, it's weird art. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. Mm-hmm. I mean it's unique. Yep. Right? It's a weird art because <clears throat> photography is the one art where you're not bona fide you are not creating something from nothing like other artists do like a painter or a musician or whatever you get what i'm saying like we literally see something in our mind and create that yeah your art that art (coughs) it's more about capturing a moment from an angle that you know I, i Expl- explain it because yep. I I think what draws you guys to that art is completely different than what draws us to our art. Yep. Like it's what draws my wife to painting is extremely similar to what draws me to music. Mm-hmm. But what draws you guys to photography, I think, is way different. What is that? Yeah, it, it's a good question. So it's you know, quite honestly, it's it, it's actually seeing that it. To me, it's see, it's seeing something, right? It's actually seeing a movement. It's seeing how light is maybe you know casting or folding off of a person. Um, in live photography, I mean, it, it's definitely kind of the stage presence, seeing what's going on, the emotion, the the mood, um, the energy that's coming off the coming off the artist, whether it's the drummer, whether it's the singer, whether it's guitar players, you know, bass players. Um, it's it's really trying to capture that feel, that emotion. Um, that's really, you know, I, I've been asked several times, like, well, you know, why are you taking it from that angle? Why are you taking it from, 
you know, what's what's kind of drawing you to um, to the to the photo? You know, what's drawing you to the subject? Um, and it truly is just seeing kind of that light, seeing how the light is folding across the across the person, because it's to me that that's what makes the photo. Sure. Right. Um, part of it, part of it is is the light, you know, and and really capturing that that kind of ambiance of what's going on. Um, but also it's the emotional, the emotion that's, that's being kind of exhibited from the artist. Uh, so it's, you know. So when you got into photography, mm -hmm. it sounds like it was like pictures of bands. Was there like an image that stood out to you when you decided you wanted to be like, what made you jump into photography? Yeah. Then? Cause it sounds like it was music oriented. Yeah, it actually it wasn't, was. It wasn't photos of flowers or, well, you know what I mean? No, like, no. So, you know, it wasn't nature photos. Yeah. It wasn't sports. It wasn't those crazy political photos, mm -hmm. like, you know, wartime photos and right. shit like that. It sounds like it was a musician. So what was, was it a specific photo? Yeah. So, you know, I, I have to kind of go back many generations, right? It's, it's, I go back to 1982 and, you know, here I am sitting, I, I decided to take photography um, in high school and the photo teacher I had was kind of this, I'll call him an ex-hippie because he was kind of this laid back guy, you know, everybody liked him. Um, he was one of the few teachers that had long hair at the time, you know, and, you know, it was all black and white photography uh, and he was, he was very inspiring. You know, um, I think I really, what really drew me to photography was probably Ansel Adams, you know, and seeing photos, nature photos that Ansel Adams did. And if you're not familiar with him, he actually photographed, he, probably his greatest claim to, to fame is um, pictures of like Yosemite. Mm. Um, and some of the photos, the black and white photos were just amazing. His, his element of light and everything is just you know, capturing, capturing the kind of the raw essence of, of nature. Um, and I started to, I started to like really, really get into it. And the teacher I had, um, had a connection, um, in like the, the music world. Uh, and he was like a big music guy. He would go shoot different bands, you know, on the weekends and things like that. Um, and growing up, I grew up in California. So, you know, we had a lot of accessibility to, you know, Obviously, the the '70s with like the punk era and all that stuff that was that was like a big thing. Um, so you know he he really inspired me to to kind of capture you know capture people at their you know in these actions. Um, he actually had a connection when the Who came in 1982 to the Coliseum. He had a connection and he said, "Okay, look, we're gonna have we're gonna have a contest." You know, and I want you guys to go out, capture, and I think it was, I think it was a day in the life was the subject. Um, and I went out and I took some photos of people, I don't know, like, I think it was cheerleaders eating lunch or something. You know, it was just, mm. but it, it was kind of this, this thing where it was like kind of a social thing. They were eating lunch and I actually was one of the people that, that won the contest. Huh. Um, and he actually hooked up. Um, an arrangement so that we could go shoot the who in concert at the Coliseum. Oh, um, so this was like a huge thing. Um, so, you know, we ended up going there and my first, I always like to tell people my first concert that I ever shot 
was the who. Um, and I've got some really cool, you know, black and white photos. And again, this was all on, this is back in the days of film. Um, this was all on film is all black and white film. Um, and I've got some really cool photos of that, you know, will last a lifetime, right. Of, you know, Pete Townsend jumping and that's amazing, you know, all this stuff. And, and it was, you know, again, three songs, you know, it was the whole three song era. So, you know, we shot three songs and then we were out of the pit and watched the rest of the concert. Wow. Um, but it was like, what, do you, what it, does that mean? The three song era? Well, so there's, I, I shouldn't really say era. It's just like, it's a three strong, the three song rule. Um, and that is usually with major artists, you're, you're limited to the number of songs that you can cover, um, with the band. Most of the time, I say most, most of the time it's the first three songs of their set. So that's when you'll see, you know, if you're ever at a concert, you'll see the photographers go down to the pit, which is that area right in front of the stage, you know, kind of in between where the crowd is and where the stage is. There's usually that gap. Um, they'll go down to the photo pit, they'll shoot you know, three songs, the first three songs. Um, and that's pretty tr traditional. Nowadays, there's some artists that are like, oh, you get one song, you know, or, mm -hmm. oh, you, we're not allowing any photographers to shoot from the pit. You have to shoot from the soundboard. Um, and then sometimes that's referred to as front of house. Um, so they, they don't allow anyone to get like that close to it. I don't understand. Why, why are they so picky about it? <laughs> well, it depends on the artist, right? Um, is it because you guys charge by the hour? Is it because you charge? Yeah. Like, I, I don't understand why they're so anal about it. Is it like it just an ego thing? I, I think sometimes it is an ego thing. Um, you or know, am I just missing something? Am I exposing myself in how the level of not no. pro I am? <laughs> like, no. what, what did I just step in? What pile oh, no. of shit did I just step <laughs> into? Because it seems almost fishy. Yeah. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. But there's a thing. I mean, you, you kind of said like the era or the rule or whatever it is. Yep. So this is a, this is a, a, a common thing. Yep. What the fuck? So, sometimes even, you know, even the artist will have like what they call the fan pit, right? Which is they'll kind of move, they'll move the wall that's, that's usually close to the stage. They'll move it closer to the stage and then they'll have like a little section that is like fan club only people, you know? Yeah. Um, Taylor Swift, for example. Um, I shot Taylor Swift quite a few years ago, um, but we weren't allowed in the pit, but we were allowed in the fan pit. So we could shoot three songs from the fan pit, you know, which was fine. It, it's okay. You know, it, it, it kind of, it, it makes more enough. sense to me that you guys would limit it to three songs. Yeah. Like for any logistical reason, right? Yep. Like the amount of film you have or, mm -hmm. or the data card now. Right, yep. um, batteries, yep, whatever. Mm -hmm. But it, I just, I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm, maybe it, I'm making a bigger deal out of even, it than it needs to be. But I'm just honestly, confused. <laughs> quite honestly, there's even some artists that that um, you know allow allow you to shoot their entire set. They want the photos. They want you know a lot of. They want a lot of exposure. Um, so they'll they'll allow you to shoot yeah. the entire pit, the entire their entire set. Sabaton so is, is the one that, that usually allows their entire, their entire set. That's the one that comes to mind real quickly. Interesting. So you're 17, you're 18, you shoot the who. Yep. You do your three songs. Yep. The three song rule. And then you get to watch the show. Yep. And so I'm assuming you know. At that point, you know. This yep. is what I want to do. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh, you know, 
I was just blown away by the fact that we got to do it. Um, and you know, shortly after, shortly after the, that concert, um, I started really getting into, I, I spent my weekends driving to, to Los Angeles. Um, and that's when, that's when, you know, bands like, you know, uh, oh gosh, started off with more of the punk scene, like fear and you were driving to LA. Yeah. Wait, and where were you? I, I was, I, I actually grew up in Anaheim, which is oh, okay. yeah. like right near Disneyland. Yeah. In fact, the house that I grew up in, um, was built for the workers of Disneyland. Um, so all the, it was oh, kind of, I say that it's kind of weird, right? Yeah. Um, it, it sounds weird. It, you know, you think that, okay, yeah, Mickey Mouse is like living at your house or something, but oddly all the houses kind of in the neighborhood were in position that you could stand on the front yard and actually watch the fireworks. Cool. So, I mean, it was just kind of, it was strategically cool. built, you know? Um, so uh, that's where I grew up. So I would spend my weekends as a teen you know, going on Friday nights and Saturday nights, I'd be in LA, you know, and, cool. and I was, you know, there trying to basically pimp myself around for her, for shooting, you know, shooting a set, you know, I'd shoot fear. Um, and you know, I'd end up at the, at the troubadour, you know, shooting, you know, whoever, you know, um, you know, back in the eighties, you know, Motley Crue was like a big thing. Metallica, uh, anthrax it, that was all it, this was all small club shows at the time you know now you see them and they're in huge arenas right right um so yeah it's it was just a great experience it was it was uh, some of it i would say is timing right you, you know you you're definitely you're the game has the game has definitely changed a lot um because before you know back then you could go to the venue and like you know, as long as you knew people at the venue, they let you in the in the door with the camera. Um, they'd let you, you know, they'd let you backstage with the with the camera, you know, uh, to to shoot whatever. Or if the band was okay with it, if you knew the band, or if you knew guys in the band that you saw before, and just kind of sparked up that conversation, um, they would, you know, they would say, "Oh yeah, come on back. We'll we'll do some photos with you." Um, so it just kind of built that way. And then I kind of checked out of it for a while. I mean, you know, I went on to college. I did other things. Um, and then I picked it back up again. I started doing, like, a lot of sports. Yeah, where'd that come from? Are you a sports fan? I, I you know, I love, I love just about any type of sport there is, right? And I'm not, there are some sports that I've shot that I know nothing about. Um, but I just love the, I love the action. I love the energy. Um lacrosse is like one of them that comes to mind that really? i know nothing about that sport it's a weird one um it's a weird sport but i i ended up you know i've covered quite a bit of it um yeah lacrosse is a fucking weird sport man it's like a cross between hockey and football sort of <laughs> sort of yep you know and that ball yeah isn't it pretty small like a golf ball basically uh, maybe a little bigger than a golf ball a little bit bigger yeah but yeah and they're like running around with these, i don't yeah i don't really understand it right yeah, again, I I don't know much about I don't know much about the the sport. You know itself. another fucking weird one, man, is cricket. <laughs> cricket? Yeah. I was in Jamaica. I got married in Jamaica, and when me and my wife were on our honeymoon, <clears throat> I think she needed to or wanted to take. It gets really hot in the middle of the day, so every day we went back to the hotel room in the middle of the day for a couple hours. Right, you just have to. You mm -hmm. have to get out of the sun. Um. And one of those days. I think she took a nap and I was trying to figure out 
cricket, right? Because that's how we do things in at least how I always did things. You just watch it and you figure it out. Baseball, football, basketball, and it doesn't take long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some weird little rules that pop up, you know, especially with the penalties and shit. Right. But fucking cricket, just like I couldn't figure it out. I'm like, I couldn't even establish how many outs there were. Like, dude, it's a bizarre sport, man. Right. That's hilarious, dude. I, I actually have shot cricket, I think, once or twice. Like, why? Like, and why I'm bringing this up is because, like, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, traditional sports, even soccer, you can kind of, you know what's happening and when, and so you kind of know where to point your camera or where to look on the field yep. or whatever. But with cricket, it's like, how do you even know where you should be? Like, where is the spectacular play? Where is the moment? It could right. be anywhere. It's not like with football, like quarterback follow the ball you know or unless you're like i'm gonna do the crazy offensive and defensive line collisions but then you just stay right there and you just right. film the i don't know i mean all the, all cricket's the cr- a fucking all, weird sports all the cricket lovers are gonna hate me but you know again i don't even know what the positions are right neither do i same thing the, with the clock lacrosse whatever like the guy that, whatever the guy that's pitching and then at the home plate per se that's usually where the action you know that's where i've shot most of the of the photos that i have on you know from cricket because that's that's typically where the, a lot of the action is. yeah and that's where you you kind of see the wind up you see the the pitcher's face you know all that stuff yeah it's a weird fucking sport and so is lacrosse like yep. you brought up so you end up getting into sports is that just because it paid the bills or did you seek that out because trying to was it like a challenge like why do you get into how do you get from music to sports well you know i had this i had this idea at one point that you know, wow, you know, some of the guys I was actually kind of looking up to at the time um, were shooting for Sports Illustrated. So I'm like, well, you know what, maybe I can, you know, if I kind of play my cards right, I can probably kind of work my way into Sports Illustrated or some sort of trade rag where I can kind of work full time as, you know, a photographer just covering events, you know, and that'd be pretty, pretty straightforward, you know, and it would, it would pay the bills. Um, so... You know, I, I tried to like really build up my portfolio. You, you just can't jump into like professional sports, right? It, it's not going to happen. There's very, there's a lot of like rigidity around, around shooting professional sports. Um, what does that mean? What do you mean rigidity? Like- meaning that you usually have to shoot for, you have to shoot for a, a trade rag, meaning, you know, Sports Illustrated or ESPN Magazine or, you know, one of those, one of those, um, Sort of media outlet. Oh, they're not loose with who they no, hire. No, no, not at all. They're but, they're pretty strict about who right, they fuck with. Got right. you. But like high school sports, um, it's a lot easier. You can you can be Joe Nobody and say, hey, you know, I'd love to come out and like shoot, you know, shoot your your team playing. This God, game, see, and it shit know? almost again. It's just like I feel that's that's super weird because like yeah, so Joe Schmo can come out and take pictures of your your daughter's fucking volleyball team, like. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Right. You know, like we should be doing that the other way around. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> well, there's definitely been But some... I get I get it. I, yeah. I, I I'm just fucking around. Yeah. No, there uh, there's you know, it's funny you bring that up cuz there there have been there have been sports that I've shot and it's like you know, you got to be very careful about how you're shooting them and the angles and what photos you're actually publishing. Yeah. Because you know, there's there's things like well, volleyball's one of them. You know, female volleyball especially. Yeah. Um, 
track, female track. Yeah. Um, any of those where you kind of have legs and arms and, you know, certain body parts that could potentially be exposed. You're not going to publish that in a magazine, right? I mean, not in the sports magazine. Pop out, little, right. little nipple right. exposure. Yeah, exactly. Basically, like what happened in the Super Bowl. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I started, I started shooting like a lot of it, uh, high school sports and then NCAA sports. Um, so anything from football to basketball to, you know, and... I, I, so you're I building your portfolio at that much. point, trying to get to Sports Illustrated. Yeah, and so Sports Illustrated, those kind of you called them a trade rag. Yep. So that's the stability. That's like a that's like a real job. Yep. Health insurance and shit. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. Instead of the freelance deal. Yep. Yeah. So you know, I, I did, you, did you get it? Did you um, get to, to actually? I, I've gotten published. I've I've had a couple of photos published in ESPN magazine. That's as close as I've gotten. That's cool. Um. And again, that was kind of freelance work, um, but it was commissioned, right? So, you know, they picked up, uh, I did a, uh, what was it, a, a NCAA track tournament that had multiple schools. It was a multiple school tournament. Um, and it was out in Colorado, went out to Colorado and shot that. Um, and actually it paid off, right? It paid for the trip and, it, you know, there was a little bit of cash on the side there, That's which dope. was good. Um, and I, I can, you know, I've got the, a little trade rag to say, okay, yeah, I was published in ESPN magazine. So that's yeah. fucking cool. Yeah. How long did that go on for? How long were you doing the sports before you got back into, yeah, or whether it's back into? Did you did you do nature? Did you do all that other shit, or <laughs> did you just say fuck the sports, fuck it all? I'm going back to music, music you know, and entertainment. I, I've whatever. never been. I've never been a nature photographer. I, I love taking pictures, you know, of like maybe sunsets and stuff like that, but I've just never, I've just never gotten into it. Yeah. And, and some people, some people, that's all they do. That's all they want to do. They don't want people in their photos. I always want people in my photos. Yeah. Um, you ever so, shot comedians? I have a, I have a few. Yeah. How different is it when you're trying to shoot a comedian versus a musician? It's very short, actually. You know, um, there's only so many, there's only so many photos you can get with them holding a mic, right? Sure. Um, different face expressions depending on who the comedian is, right? Some so you just wait are till they very, actually very say something funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're looking for their reaction. Yeah. Um, you know, things like that. Yeah, like they drop a punchline, yep. it lands, the crowd's laughing, they yep. they finally get their little dopamine hit too because yep. their joke worked. Boom, take your picture. Yeah. That's all you got. Burst photo it. Catch yeah. like 30 right there in, exactly. in a second or two. That's hilarious. So dude. probably about 15 years ago, I think, is when I really started. I went back into the music scene. And, and was it just straight in? Or, it, did, you, or did you dabble between well, sports getting back into music? Yeah, so my, my daughter was um, was actually dating a guy that was – a musician. He was a football player, right? So I, I was actually I was actually shooting him as a football player, but then he had a band too, mm. and he was going to perform at this at this really small club. Um, I think we were living in Riverside at the time in Riverside, California. Uh, so I went down and I shot, and for some reason, that night kind of like just sparked the whole re-energizing of of getting back in and shooting, you know, shooting bands and shooting artists and it just 
it just kind of took off from there. I started doing one, then two, three, and I started like going out to clubs, you know, and, and hooking up with, uh, with different online, you know, online media, uh, outlets and things like that, uh, getting them to get me a photo pass, uh, for the, for the show. And they basically represented me. I started writing little articles, you know, kind of reviewing the show, um, doing like little photo essays of, of the show and stuff like that. That's cool, dude. Yeah. Cause you came onto the scene, you've been doing this shit here since, and that's why I thought it was just kind of mind blowing. We've never actually met, mm-hmm. but you fucking photographers, man, you guys are like lurkers, man. <laughs> Y'all are fucking lurkers, bro. Right. Um, cause I guarantee you've been at my shows. Mm-hmm. You, I, there's zero possibility as long as we've be- both been in this town that you haven't seen me on stage. But I never, you know, because way back in the day, those bands were fucking broke. We didn't have any fucking money to hire a real photographer. And your shoot was always super good from day one. I've always noticed that, always from a distance. And all the bands that you fucked with were either already legit in town or they were about to be legit. Mm -hmm. And I always associated that with that. I was like, when this dude hits me up and he wants to work with me and take photos, Mm -hmm. you know, because this is when I was fucking 18, 19, 20. I was like, that's when I know my band will be good. Right. It's like everything's lining up because this dude has not fucked with a shitty band. <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, I appreciate that. What do you think? Why does your shit stand out and look? Because it's not just me. Mm-hmm. It's not just my some weird bias opinion. We're not buddies. Mm-hmm. I have no reason to kiss your ass. It's genuinely good and it's genuinely better than almost everyone's. Right. What, what do you think they're missing when they're trying to do what you're doing well? You're talking about other photographers? Just, yeah, just in general, why can't everyone just, including the guys who are trying to do what you're doing, why, what makes your shit so different than theirs? Yeah, well, first and foremost, I, I really don't look at my stuff as like anything that somebody else can't do. You know, it, I mean, it's, in other words, I don't put myself on a pedestal saying, you know, oh, I'm an extraordinaire or something. That's, definitely not the case um i I think i have experience on my side um and i guess that could account to the number of clicks that i've taken and that's kind of why i phrased it like that it's like not not why is your shit so dope but like why what's missing in the average photographer that shows up at a show or a concert or a or a behind the scenes photo shoot and you take a picture of it and it's not even remotely, is, is it all just post-production love or is it, you know, certain fundamental principles of how you approach mm-hmm. that, that where, where is it that most people are missing that mark along the line? Why are most people so unhappy with their photos and they're like, fuck it, get a professional. <laughs> you see what I'm getting at? Like yep. Yep. without, I'm not asking you to boast, mm-hmm. but I, yeah, like I, I what think is that, it? I think that there's just, um, I, I think oftentimes or misled to think that, well, anyone can take a photo. Well, that's true. Anyone can take a photo, right? But to, to elicit that emotion or to elicit a look, um, I think that's where, that's where experience kind of weighs in. So, you know, you mentioned stuff in, you know, married to some of the things in post. I actually don't do a lot of, a lot of post work. Most of this, you know, I've always grown up, well, I grew up and I learned that in order to do anything with the photo, 
the exposure has to be right. You know, you have to you have to have right focus. You know, you have to have the right angle. You know, all that. It it's it's got those elements have to come together. It can't just be something where okay, snap. You know, I mean, anyone can do that. They pull out their phone nowadays, click. Right. Right. Okay, that's great, but. You know, then they're having to like do a bunch of stuff in, in, in post. Sure. Okay, I've got filters, I've got this, I've got that, you know, to give it this kind of whole, you know, kind of glowing look or, or fade or, you know, maybe they want something, you know, really, really special. They want all these different, like, different levels of contrast or something that, you know, makes it like look dirty or kind of pull out or, I actually don't do a lot of that with live with live work. Hmm. Um, I like more natural, and I like capturing the light. Some people get really upset, right? Photog- I, I know that there's photographers that get really upset about you know the the different colored LED and you know how it's you know maybe it's oversaturated red or oversaturated green or blue. We'll work with it. We're, you know I like working with the with the photo. If it's green, it's green. That's the way it looked. That's the way people are going to remember it. Sure. If the artist was green, they were green. Yeah, I kind of know what you're talking about a little bit when it comes to that shit because, like, trying to learn just to get this to not look like a piece of shit, <laughs> um, which I guess it still kind of does. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I came across a lot of that shit. Yeah, like, that. that's framed horribly, you know. And, and I noticed you kind of... Um, That's much better. Just like that. <laughs> but uh, you transitioned into video too. Mm-hmm. And I kind of vaguely know what you're talking about a little bit when it comes to that because doing some research to make this not look so shitty along the way, yeah, I uh, stumbled across a bunch of videographer YouTube channels and shit and they were breaking down some of that lighting shit. And it's, yeah, it's like, and I guess it kind of makes sense for certain people because yeah this isn't actually red mm-hmm. this light makes it look red mm-hmm. is what you're saying is like who gives a shit right they made a big deal out of it and i was i kind of thought the same thing i was like i don't think this really matters for me you know i mean don't get me wrong there's there's crappy lighting you know and you know small clubs small clubs are just known for lighting that is probably not preferred Right. It's it's usually just very, very dim. Um, There's not a lot to work with. And so and again, this is probably where experience comes in. It's just I've just learned to adapt to the environment that I'm shooting in. If it's guy, if it's like the Excel Energy Center or or, you know, U.S. Bank where it's a big concert and they have the huge lighting and all that stuff, there's no worry about it. I'm going to get a, it's going to be hard not to get a good photo. Right. You know, but if I'm at, you know, um, Club Underground or, or the Caboose or, you know, something like that, where the lighting is probably less than ideal at times, you know, it's, it's a challenge. Mm -hmm. And I, I actually like that challenge. I like trying to figure out, okay, you know, this guy's geeking with the lights, you know, he thinks he's like Mr. Light Technician. And, but he'll have a pattern. So I kind of wait to see what that pattern is. And then I kind of adapt to what that pattern is. 
Yeah. Um, just so I can get a good shot. People are so fucking predictable. <laughs> I mean, there, there are bands. Yeah. I mean, there are bands that say, you know what? We don't want any lights. Mm. Well, if you don't we have some, if you don't have any lights, you don't have any photos. I mean, there's just no way around it. You got to have, you got to have some light. Right. Even if somebody holds up a flashlight and shines on them, I mean, I can work with that. But, you know, and I've done that. I've I've actually taken like a little LED panel that I had. The the concert place, you know, the place I was shooting at was like really, really dim lit. They had like, I think, two lights, one on either side of the stage. So you had no, you had like these weird shadows. And I just kind of took the LED and like I put it on top of my camera and turned it on and just kind of used that. Just enough, not a lot, but just enough to like give me a little bit of of illuminance on the on the face. Because you you can't, there's nothing you could produce. Sort of makes sense though, because you know these venues aren't investing money in making it look good on camera. Right. They're investing money in making it feel good to keep people in a building to spend money. Exactly. And those are two different lights. Oh, definitely. Like different lighting conditions or whatever yep. you want to call it. Video is even more challenging, right? Because a lot of video depends on a good light source. And sometimes, you know, if you have a crappy light source, well, what happens is that you start to introduce a lot of, like, noise, which noise, you know, in video and in, and in photos, it just equals, like, these little grains. Spots, you know, we used to refer to it as grain, high grain. Yeah, um, yeah I got a little bit of it in mind. Yep, because you know you deal with what you got. Yep, exactly. And you can try to you can try to sharpen the image a little bit, but it doesn't really get rid of the, the yep. noise. No, <laughs> if you sharpen if you sharpen a noisy image, you're going to get sharp noise. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, there's a little bit of I put a little bit of sharpening on here and it does it does look better with yep. it. But all I'm doing is sharpening that noise and yep. it's cuz there's so little of it that I'm able to get away with it. If yeah. there is any more noise it actually may, probably make it look worse. And there and there's different types of sharpening, right? There's there's you can just sharpen an overall image. You can sharpen just the edges, you know, to make something a little bit more defined, a little bit more crisp. Yeah. You know, there there's different types there are different levels, I would say, of, of sharpening that will kind of get you to a good result. Yeah. What, so what made you get into the video side of shit? Because you started shooting videos how long ago? Gosh. I mean, on and off, on and off probably since um, the late 90s. Um, and this was obviously back when it, it was going to, it was either going to like a VHSC or a VHS tape. Uh, or you know a digital a digital tape, and I kind of played around with it, doing like little short things for mostly connected with like my kids' school. You know, doing they'll do plays or oh, really? you know doing you know make, I I did like a little short. Um, my son had rats at at one point, so you know we did a little short about you know the day in the life of the rat. You know, and, and <laughs> back to back to photography yeah, school, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> a day in the life. Yeah. So, you know, it was kind of fun. We just did, I, I just did a lot of like just little projects. Um, but I've always wanted to do something that's a little bit more feature rich, uh, a little bit more, you know, had a little bit more production value to it. Um, and something that was not, quote, 
video work, right? It was just, it's really film. It's, it's really just sitting down and writing a script, writing a screenplay, you know, all that, and kind of go down that direction. And there's, there's not really a smooth way to start. You just have to kind of, you know, I found that digging in is probably the best way that I can, you know, really kind of absorb, you know, into that, that whole air, that hmm. whole, you know, aspect of, of video work or film work. Um, so that's all that I did is I, I just started, I just started like perfecting the craft a little bit and I started off shooting video with like DSLRs because DSLR cameras, the just regular film, uh, you know, photography uh, cameras have that capability now to capture video. Um, it's DSLR and then the other one for, it's been uh, mirrorless, right? Yeah, mirrorless cameras. What the fuck is the difference between those two? So DSLR has, well, for, for just to kind of simplify it, it has a moving mirror, right? It, it actually has mechanical elements to it that, that allow you to take the photo. Um, where mirrorless doesn't have the, those mechanical pieces, it's it's all done through a digital process. Mm. Um, so, for example, when you snap a shutter, right? When you take a picture, it actually is is opening the shutter, closing the shutter, right? In a D DSLR or in a film camera, that's a mechanical that's a mechanical function. Uh, in mirrorless. It's not a mechanical function. It's actually an electronic function. Mm. Um, so can you achieve the same thing? Sure. I mean, and it's very hard to tell now what is taken on a, a mirrorless versus, you know, versus something that's a mechanical. And is the mechanical the artistically su superior one? For right now, probably, yeah. I mean... Yeah. The only reason I ask is because, like, with the music production shit, yeah, all of these plugins are modeled to sound <laughs> like their analog counterparts, <laughs> right? And you usually have to do a lot of work to actually get them to sound. If you, a lot of people are like, they don't sound right, they don't sound good. Yeah, well, you're right, and it's because you're not using the plugin properly because right. you're not getting the full the full uh the full effect or whatever you want to call it right um i assume cameras are kind of like the same thing they've been digitally trying to recreate yeah what has already worked yeah so you know it's funny and i was kind of laughing when you were when you were saying this because if you look at for example um lightroom which lightroom is a an <laughs> application that's used to process you know process photos Oh, that you, like a, that you take digitally, like Illustrator and Photoshop and like shit. Photoshop. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just a it's just a different application, right? That to do it, and it's very photo centric. Um, but there are there are filters or plugins, call it, um, or presets uh, that can emulate a film look. Well, no shit. If you're wanting to have a film look, why not shoot on film? You know, um, you're not, I mean, it comes close. It comes very, very close. And some of the, some of the uh, presets are very, very good. Um, but again, it's not as organic as, as shooting from a source element. Meaning, you know, if I'm a, if I want to shoot something that looks like film, I'm going to break out the film camera and put some black and white film in it or whatever and 
go shoot. Um, it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be kind of like a, an augmented uh, type of, of photo. Yeah. And it's interesting because I just heard on TikTok, I, I came across this thing going on, an argument between this dude's like, yes, this sounds better than this. And he, you know, he points to his tube amp and he goes, yes, this sounds better than this. And then he goes to the, the digitally modeled version and he goes, but if you set this up and mix this right, nobody can tell the difference. And I was like, maybe to your average listener, yes. Right. But I still think that if you actually learn how to dial in that amp and then properly mic it yep. and properly mix that, they don't sound the same. They're, like it's, you see what I'm getting at? Yep. Like it's a, it, it, you can't really get to it. But again, I think that kid's right because it doesn't fucking matter because the average listener can't hear the difference. So it's like, who are you making this art for? Are you making it for the snob of snobs mm -hmm. like me, you know, or are you making it for the average listener? I think it's the same vibe over there. Yep. So, cause I hear the, the film nerds argue about that shit too. Like, Oh, I prefer to do that. Da, da, da. And it's like, man, I don't know if I can tell the difference, but now that I'm with an expert, here's what I want to know. Is it the same or can we tell the difference? Is this why? quote unquote, not to get you to humble brag, but is that why your stuff looks so dope compared to a lot of other people? Is it the medium you're actually working on? You're not relying on these digital plugins and is that what it is? Or is it all the other shit along the line? I, I, again, I go back to, you know, some of its, some of its experience of just kind of seeing the, seeing the light and looking for the moment. Right to kind of, to capture it and seeing the pattern, whatever the pattern is. Um, artists even on stage have patterns. And yeah, I heard it, you say that on Chilton. Explain this yeah. to people. This bothered me. Why? Because not like you didn't bother me. Mm -hmm. Like the musician side of me was like, oh, if that's true, we got to nip that in the bud. Like we can't be we can't be predictable. You know, like, do I have a pattern? Because I know exactly. I'm not going to call her out, but there was a female singer from a while back in a local band here. And we played a show with them in one of my first bands. Mm -hmm. And I had to fast forward through them to get to my band because we filmed it like on a just we critiqued our shows. Right. Dude. And she literally walked in a circle the entire show. Yep. Which you would never see unless you watched it in in fast forward. But literally, she's just doing this right. the whole show. I was like, dude, don't do this. So I, you know, critiquing myself, comparing myself to others, trying mm -hmm. to be a better performer and all that shit. Oh my god, dude. Um Fuck, I forgot my actual point. What was it? You're what? talking about the repeating pattern. Oh yeah. And I was like, fuck. So it wasn't just her. I'm like, oh, but explain this to people. Because yeah. I just gave an extreme example. Mm -hmm. Explain what you're talking about, though, because I heard you say this on Chilton's podcast. Yeah. So, you, you know, and I don't think it's a bad thing. Is that everybody, <laughs> everybody has, you know, just by nature of being a human, right? We all have kind of a pattern that we go through. And we do things that are very repeated. 
um, it, it's hard. To, it's hard to give you an example, but th there's things I'm sure. If you think about things that you go through throughout your day, there's probably things that you do that are very much repeated behaviors, day after day, or even hour after hour. There are just there are expressions. There are there are things that we say. There are movements that we do that are all repeated. So when an artist is on stage and they, you know, I'll, I'll just use metal, for example, and they're, you know, they're, they're, you know, banging their head and so on. There's a pattern where they, you know, they'll, they'll kind of bang the head and they'll throw the hair back, bang the head, throw the hair back. And you can kind of, you can almost see, you know, okay, three head bobs, hair going, three head bobs, hair going. And I, I Mind you, I'm not like obsessive about it where I'm like, oh, okay, wait a second. Let me write this down. Okay, what is he right. doing? You're I just, subconscious on it and it's through experience. Yeah, I just, I just kind of watch the, the artists. I mean, knowing the music always helps. So, you know, if I go, uh, oh, I'll just use Will's band, uh, Coffin Right. Oh, you know, you, isn't that? Yeah, that's, a, that's actually your shirt. Um, Shout out to Will. I know, um, I, I, I know how they are on stage. I know, I know their pattern. I know how they, you know, how they, how they work. And that helps. And it helps me in a way that I can get them good photos. You right. know, I can get them the photos that are like really, very cool. Now, sometimes um, Drew, the singer, he'll do something that is completely something that he's never done before. And I'm so, I, I'm actually so glad when that happens because now I can capture it. Now sure. I can, I'm like right there to capture like this new, this new movement or this new, you know, way that he's doing things. Um, and to me, that's like, wow, that's like a really cool, a really cool moment. The, the repeated patterns though are great for, for being able to capture things. I, I know, you know, I'll know that, you know, the, the drummer, the expressions on the drummer's face or, you know, the bass player, how the bass player is moving his head or his hands. Um, it just, it just really helps. It really helps to, to know, you know, to see what those, those things are. So those patterns are, are actually very invaluable, you know, and, and it's just literally kind of listening, listening, watching, observing. That's interesting. Who, who is your favorite artist you shot? Like out of all, like whether they're famous Ooh. or not. Like who's like, and, and why is it, is it, is it because somebody has a natural charisma that's easy to shoot? Wow. That's, that's a really hard question to answer. <laughs> um, I, I would almost have to break it down by saying, um, are you talking about like A-list bands? No, that's why I said they don't even have to be famous. Ooh. It could be some crazy weird punk rocker from 1997 in Chicago that no one's ever heard of. Wow. And then I'm just curious as to like, what makes, why, like what makes somebody where it's like, that's somebody I loved to shoot pictures of like yep. what qualities makes that, you know what I mean? There's so many artists that come to mind that there's bands that I, there, there are some bands and there's are some artists that I've shot that I really enjoyed shooting them. Um, what are the qualities that make that up? Like what makes it enjoyable to shoot a certain person? I think it's their, I, I really believe it's their stage presence. 
it's their yeah. it's their and the, what i mean by that is it doesn't have to be like some synchronized you know choreographed presence on stage um it's just the command of the stage that's probably the best way to put it um how they act on stage how you know does their does the act match the music you know you, you can't have I'll just give an extreme example. You can't have a country band going out there, running around stage, jumping around. It just, oh, you could. It just, well, <laughs> but, it, but in, a lot, in a lot of ways, it just they doesn't. It just can't sound like Hank Williams. Yeah, it do just it. doesn't work, though. You know, it's because. And again, uh, I'm not a yet. I'm not a country <laughs> hater or anything like that. It you know, I've it doesn't shot, work yet. I've shot plenty of country, right? But it, there's somebody out there going, "Fuck this guy." Yeah, exactly. They're they're like clicking off at this point. No, you know, going, we're going to prove him wrong. <laughs> that's a, that's my some 12 year old uh, that you just shit all over his dream. And yep. his mission now is going to be to prove you wrong. And guess what? If it's dope, you'll shoot the music video. But, but you know, <laughs> but you know, this, what's, you know, um, I, I could use like Johnny Cash, for example. No, right? I know what you mean. He always I, had a strong around. presence on stage. Did he move that much? No. Uh, I think a great example would be James Hetfield. Yep. James Hetfield is not active on stage partially because he's playing now i mean even back then and it's mostly because he's playing a guitar while he's singing yep that immediately he can't be axel rose right it's not possible right (laughs) it's just not a thing um he can't even be kirk hammett who used to kind of do that jog and skip around a little bit and stuff like that is he stuck in front of that mic or behind that mic or whatever but right. the presence and the command, mm-hmm. his ability, I think that's a great example of what you're talking about, too. Yep. Yep. It's got to be a little easier for those to yep. take pictures of those guys, too, because they, they just stand there. Taking pictures of Axel must have fucking sucked. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and keep in mind, Guns N' Roses, the time that I shot Guns N' Roses, um, it was from the soundboard at U.S. Bank Stadium. So basically, they're at the... I'll say in the end zone and I'm at the 50 yard line. Okay. And I had to shoot. It wasn't even like straight on. It was like off to the side. It was at a, a, on a platform that was just literally just above crowd level, you know? So my, as I held the camera, you know, I can see like the tops of people's heads. Really, you know, so it it just wasn't an ideal type of shoot. That's you know, crazy. I would have been better off paying for, you know, taking a fan cam in, you know, meaning like a little like Instamatic and shooting, you know, paying for a pit ticket and shooting from the pit because you know in the fan pit area because that would have probably gotten better photos. Dude, I heard something. I think it was like one of these K-pop bands. Yeah. I swear, maybe I dreamt this, but I swear, I swear I I heard this in real life. Maybe it was in a TV show or something or a movie or something, but I swear this is real life. They sold out like a stadium, like call it Target Center or whatever, but you're not allowed to bring your cell phone in or something like that because they didn't want people to. But then they sold cameras at at like 40 bucks a pop, like basically disposable cameras. Mm -hmm. And they were like, here's your photo. Dude, they made, I'm thinking they made more money on them fucking cameras than they did on yep. the actual concert tickets. Oh, yeah. 
I'm like, I'm like that. That's the craziest fucking shit I ever heard in yep. my life. Yeah. Well, Prince Prince used to do that. I mean, he would he would um, they they wouldn't allow any type of cell phone, yep. you know, into into the venue at all. You'd have to check it in. Um, <clears throat> and if if you did if they didn't if they weren't doing that, it was like they would have something before Prince came on that said, "Everybody, put your you know your cell phones away." If you're caught with a cell phone, if we, you know, and they had people in the audience, if you're caught with a cell phone, you will be escorted out. And I, I've seen two or three people right out the door. Yeah, Chappelle know? even started doing that at his shows. Right. Uh, you got to put them in a bag. Yeah. And you hold on to it. Yep. But you can't open that bag. Right. In the, in the venue, you have to like walk outside. Yep open the bag because it, it, it's something about some sort of access like a barrier or something yep like it's soon and as he's it probably doing that because he, he's gained weight right he doesn't want <laughs> he doesn't want like compromising photos of him you know usually when artists i think he said because it was a distraction i don't even think he was doing it because usually is what it is is to scrub content you don't want your shit out there without you know what i mean right but i think dave's whole thing is it was just a distraction oh the him. flashing or and people being on their phones Oh, yeah. Just everything involved with it. It right. was just like, put your fucking phones away. Well, it, this it, is a comedy show. You know, it, you, you brought up something and it just, it always makes me chuckle a little bit, you know, especially if you watch something on YouTube, like a concert or whatever. As soon as the, the lights go down, cell phones are up, you know, and it, it used to be like, it used to be lighters, right? Now it's not lighters, it's cell phones. The cell phone uh, it, flashlight. It, yeah, yep. it's just like, it's like the sea of cell phone, you know, and everyone's videoing it. Is there anything that's ever, you know, held, you know, to an imagination or, um, you know, whatnot of seeing an artist? Yeah, I it's mean, weird, isn't it? it? It's just like, uh, it's like that, that site set list, you know, where you can go out and you can see, okay, what's the, what's the set list that the band is going to, that the band played their last stop, you know, and usually, uh, you know, touring bands, they have what, one or two sets, maybe, you know, sometimes it's the same set the entire tour. So, you know, I've got a, I've got a, a friend that, you know, every time we go to a concert, he's like, oh, I went out to the set list and I know exactly what they're starting with. And why, why do we go then? Right. You know, now you've just taken the imagination or you've taken some of the magic out of the, out of the show. It's funny you say that. I, that happened when I went to Van Halen at uh, Excel. Yep. When, when uh, David Lee Roth was in the band. Oh, yeah. Um. I took my mom to that concert and we were walking into the venue. Like we had already gotten into the venue, but we were walking into the the bowl or whatever the fuck you call it. Mm -hmm. We're going to our seats. And this guy is like with another dude and they cross in front of us and they're older than me. But the way they were acting was like 16 year old kids. It was kind of cool. But then all of a sudden the dude goes, yeah, and they're starting with Unchained tonight. And then they're going into, and I was like, did this motherfucker look up the set list? Yep. Like, I'm a musician, and I've never thought of doing that or putting that out there for people. Right. I didn't think people would ever, like, what? Yep. Like, this, but sure as shit, he did. And it kind of pissed me off. <laughs> yep. I didn't want to know what song they were starting with. Exactly. You know? It was just like... But, you know, it's like walking up to fucking go see the new Star Wars movie, you know? Right. And you 
somebody's walking out, I can't believe this character died. Yeah. And you're like, God damn it. Like, okay. Spoilers. It happens. Yeah, you know, <laughs> as as like a music fan, if I go to a you know, to a concert or whatever, there's certain there's certain rules that I have, right? Is that one, I don't listen I, I don't put on the artist, you know, and listen to them as I'm driving to the venue. When I get right. to the venue, I don't sit in my car and listen to the artist, right? I want I want the experience to be fresh. I also don't look up the set list. I want to be I want to be surprised. I will listen to their music on right. the way to go see their concert if right. it's a big national band. Right. But that's mostly just because I'm trying to like get in the vibe of their energy because the music I listen to is so all over the place. And if I'm not careful. I'll be in the wrong type of mood mm -hmm. and not appreciate what's going on. Right. You know, cause I'm not an open template like that. It's like, yep. I got fucking shit going on. So I might be in a misery signals mood. That's not exactly the best vibe right. to go into. So I don't know, pick a band, but so I, I actually am that cheesy motherfucker. I'll do, <laughs> I'll do that shit, bro. I'll totally do that shit, dude. I will listen to Coheed on the way to the Coheed right. concert. I absolutely am that fucking guy. God, that makes me sound like a douche. <laughs> I just don't know if we can go to a concert, though. That's that's the only thing. It's like just not together. Yeah, we just have, we'd have to meet somewhere. You know? No, no, I just have earbuds now. You know, I'll do it in my own shit. Well, you you know what's so funny? <laughs> I, I just remember, like, again, back in high school or kind of in the early days, going to a concert. You get there, everyone's partying out in the parking lot, which is cool. I mean, we're all we're drinking beer and all that good stuff. But invariably, somebody has, you know, I remember going to see Pantera at one point, and invariably, somebody has, you know, Pantera just blasting, you know, and, and like, can't you just wait? Like, literally 30 minutes from now, they're going to be on stage, you yeah. know? It's like, just, just, just it wait. It is a little different if they're the headlining band, yeah. and they're going to do, like, a two, three-hour set, yeah, because it's like, they're going to play a lot. A little different when it's like they're gonna go up and play a twenty-minute set, mm -hmm. but they've got four albums worth of music. It's like I don't know what four songs, five songs they're gonna go up there and play. I right. want you know, it, or nowadays things are just shuffled through a phone. Man, but it's funny, you know, we we don't do that for like local bands, right? You don't like get in the car. Oh, we're gonna go club underground tonight because you know. Blood War and Button for Punishment or Coffin Rights is playing, you know. And then put their music And then on. I, I, I don't... If I mean, it's I'll, in my phone and my shit's on shuffle, I'll, I, I'll I listen to it. it. I mean, I'll certainly listen to it, you know. I, I listen to it all the time. It's on my you know, total rotation. Just not on the way there. But I just, you know, I'll listen to something different to go there because that way my ears are fresh and I'm not like, oh, yeah, they're playing. Oh, yeah, they're playing. Oh, yeah, they're playing. Yeah, no, I think you're right, dude. The tailgating at concerts, that needs to come back. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned that when you were talking about the fucking Pantera thing. Yep. That's got to come back. And then one thing is I wish we could figure out a way to make touring and concerts and shit like that more cost-effective and profitable for the large amounts of, of bands instead of just a small group. Because, yeah. dude... The idea of like, there's two things that don't get done a lot anymore. 
people don't drive to Chicago to go see a concert anymore. Because we still don't get all the concerts in Minneapolis. Sometimes you got to drive to Fargo, which is weird. They'll hit Fargo North. You know what I'm talking yep. about. I'm like, what the fuck? You'll hit Chicago and you'll hit Fargo and Minneapolis? You're just like, fuck you. I'm sure it's something to do with licensing and yep. relationships and venue ownerships and shit like that. But uh, well, following bands around on tour, that doesn't really happen anymore. When they do finally tour, that's just not a thing. Right. You just you go see them once and that's it. But that used to be a whole thing, man. Yep. Like you'd follow a tour around. Yep. Yeah, it just it, it's just not. It just doesn't happen nowadays. Yeah. And, and part of the reason is because bands don't tour like that anymore because it's not fucking profitable anymore. Right. They'll tour for short periods of time, unless you're Metallica. Right. <laughs> and I'm sure people still follow Metallica around on tour, but they don't really tour anymore now that I think about it. Yeah, they play isolated dates. Or... Yeah, even when they're on tour, there's yep. four days off in between shows. That's not, right. it's not a tour tour. It's basically they're weekend warriors just like us. Yep. Just with sold out crowds yep. <laughs> and stadiums fucking full of them. You know, you mentioned something about, about bands not coming to, to Minneapolis. Yeah. Uh, and when I, after I moved here and, you know, started like getting real heavy into, into covering shows, you know, both for, for named acts and, and local and local shows. One of the venues that I really, really liked was Mill City Night. Oh yeah. And you know, that venue that venue was was really cool from a lot of different standpoints, right? But one of the things that I thought was like really, really kind of fun um was the fact that in the wintertime, okay, most most bands won't come here because of the of the weather, right? They don't want to drive through the snow. They don't want to like bring the the big apparatus you know to to this area unless it's like a really really big big name act right um but one of the things that one of the things i noticed uh, was that the black metal bands, all the black metal bands from like sweden finland you know all those would actually show up and they where were they playing they were playing at mill city nights yeah. you know and it was it was the coolest thing because now you've got like this whole different genre showing up you know and and definitely a different crowd showing up um in the middle of winter you know and in february when we're in a hard freeze they're eating that up because it's just like home you know it's just like being in finland or sweden at the time right yeah um and of yeah, course it's not you a know, big deal to them yeah and of course that venue has gone away and now those bands don't show up <clears> here <throat> that much anymore yeah i fucking um i was reading an article about that venue it's a it, they have a weird story um really yeah it was like it was called uh the brick yep the whole time apparently it was owned by an la company mm. who owns it's like a legendary la company who owns venues including i believe the whiskey interesting um so i th i think but it don't quote me on who, what it is mm -hmm. but it's something like that maybe right. it's not the whiskey but it's like that it's they're they're very well known right um it was the brick, and then it just was like, it sucked for some reason, right? Mm -hmm. So they changed the name to Mill City Nights, and I went and seen a couple concerts there. I thought the place was cool. Mm -hmm. I don't know why they struggled 
to bring people in, but then they changed the name again, I believe, to the Fillmore. Oh no! Well, the Fillmore is a brand new place. Well, I think it is now, but I'm pretty sure. Then they then they call it uh, like Minnesota Music something. I'm trying to remember. Well, the Minnesota Music Cafe is in St. Paul. Yep. And then there's like the Underground Music Cafe or some shit, but that's definitely not it. I swear it went from like the it brick went... to Mill City Nights to the Fillmore or something like that. Something like that. They yep. changed their name again, but I just don't like what I liked that venue. Yep. What the fuck happened there? I don't know. I, I don't know if it was like if it's a cost thing. I mean, because it's right in the middle of the warehouse district, right downtown. So, it, I mean, to me, it was really easy to get to. It was very, very convenient to get to. It had, you know, parking was not bad at all. I mean, it was all ramp parking anyway, but it wasn't bad at all. The venue itself was good size. It had the upstairs and it had the downstairs. It had bars, you know, on um, on the upstairs area, and then and then of course in the, the basement area. Um, they literally had two stages, you know, and yeah. the basement area had a stage by itself. I don't know. It it was just a cool venue, you know. And and I mean, I suppose it's like any other venue, right? They just can't get people to come out or whatever. Yep. Why do you think that is, man? I've been struggling with that for a while. Why venues can't get like butts in the seat? Yeah, and just for the sake of argument, pretend COVID never happened, right? (laughs) Because it was a problem way before that. Yeah. And I'm wondering if is it just the fact that the bands aren't that good? Like, like, because I don't think so, and especially in this town, I think the smoking ban did not help. Right? Because we, I think, we saw a direct contrast between the amount of people that would go out to a show and the people that were like, "Fuck!" Right? It was literally overnight with the smoking ban. Right? (laughs) Do you remember that? Oh yeah. Fuck! When was that? Like two thousand four? Yeah, I think so. That's when a lot of it, it like went really haywire. And it was. It was like pretty much overnight. Mm-hmm. A smoking ban hit. And yep. God, because I swear to God, bands were drawn. Well, not bands, but like a, a four band bill was drawn like a thousand, fifteen hundred people. Mm-hmm. They'd sell out Star Central. No problem. That was like a regular thing. Right. They'd sell out The Rock. Those are like, I think legally they were like eight eighty eight. Mm-hmm. But. They'd fucking sell 1,200 tickets to those things. They right. overpacked it, especially Star Central because they had that overflow room. Fucking. Was First Ave like 3,500? No, 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 no. No, I no, think no. they're like 1,500. It's like 1,500 people. But that'd be sold out with local bands. And then all of a sudden that fucking smoking band hit and it was like 500 people is the best you can do. Right. Is anybody even drawn more? I Sky. Did you go to the Skywine show recently? No, dude. They actually. It was Skywine and Stormbreaker at the Doghouse, and they actually drew pretty fucking well. I was actually really impressed. Um, the Doghouse is kind of that hidden gem, I think. You know, there. Yeah, if anybody does, they used to be the Rock. Mm-hmm. I was just talking. So it's eight eighty-eight. I'd say they had five hundred people in there. It's kind of an interesting layout, right? It's just kind of wide open. 
Yeah, the only thing wrong with it is are those poles in the middle of the floor, but are those are the poles still there? Yeah. I mean they're load bearing. Right. They'll never go anywhere. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but I mean I don't think there's anything you could do about it unless you flipped the room and put the stage against the north wall. Yeah. In between the pillars. That's the same type of thing at the caboose, right? They have the pillars and Do they? Yeah, they've got like pillars set up the behind the or they are actually the pillars are like in front of the seat. They have that little raised area where the seats are. Oh, you're right. So it depends See, on. They were kind of smart and strategic about it, right? Yeah. They, they like put the the stage so there's not one directly in your sight line when you're on yeah. the floor. You got to be back further. But I, they also I, have that elevated spot up above. Yeah, I've heard though that they're gonna do a refurb. Interesting. And they're actually going to move the stage to, you know, where that, that overhang is right yeah. now, that upstairs, the upstairs area. Yeah. That's going to go away, and the stage is actually going to go in that area so that they truly have a load, a load-in, load-out area that's, you know, because I don't know how many people. How many, have you ever seen people play pool there? They mm -hmm. have two pool tables, but I've never seen anybody play pool. No. The coolest thing about the caboose is that outdoor stage they have. When they get that fucking thing rolling, dude. Yep. Those are fucking cool. Yep. That, uh, that's all rumor, though. I, I don't know if that's fact or fiction. Yeah. You know, if that's really going to happen. Um, but it'd be nice. It'd be nice to have, like, a normal stage. Something that's straight and not this kind of weird, kind of in the corner type of thing. So what are you working on right now, dude? Oh, a lot of, uh, a lot of different little things. Anything um, you're super excited about? Yeah, so, you know, I, I'm doing, I'm actually doing, I've been doing a lot of, like, a lot of portrait work. So I have a, a studio, um, actually, it's in my basement, uh, but it's, I say that, and it's like, it's not a little area. It's, it's like 16 by 24 space, um, and, you know, 10 foot ceilings. So it's, it's got a good amount of space that I can, I can work with. Um, I've got a little lounge area and so on. But I've been doing like a lot of, a lot of like little projects. Um, so I really like, I really like horror genre and horror themes. So anything that is, yeah, anything that's like sick and disgusting, I'll probably want to shoot it, right? Um, nice. What draws you to that shit? Because you've been, you've mentioned this and alluded to this a couple times, like yep. the death metal, the black metal. Yeah. Um, what what is it about the dark side of the music that you love so much? You know, it's that's a great question. It I, I think it's because it has a little bit more um, thematic element to it. Oh, okay. Um, there's there's definitely. I mean, death metal. I mean, I, I love death metal, and you know, I'll I'll go to that and listen all day. Um, black metal always has like this certain aura about it, you know that it's it's kind of mystical and it, it's kind of a mystery and there's there's different um emotional aspects to it uh as well it, and it also elicits a different a very different crowd um yeah but they you know the a lot of the a lot of the portraits and everything that i've been doing um you know typically have you know they're like situational type of portraits so um for example they'll have either you know fog in them you know i'll use different mediums so 
lot of like stage blood, you know, um, I've had people bring in, you know, I've had people bring in like calf hearts, you know, and stuff like that, that, you know, and I, I'm probably, Did you work with the reaping boys. Uh, I haven't, I, I, I not on portraits. I've done, I've shot, I've shot them live before. But, Cause man, that sounds exactly like some shit fucking Stephen Lane's doing in their videos that they shoot yeah. together, man. That shit is fucking, yeah. They're bringing in fucking yeah. ox heads and fucking, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Y'all are fucking crazy, man. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm I'm a pretty crazy dude, but that shit is another level of crazy. Y'all are fucking nuts, man. Yeah, and and anyone that's you know, and of course, if you have people on your your follow that you know are are PETA people or anything, they're gonna they're Fuck gonna em. hate all this, right? <laughs> but you, you know, there is no there is no like animal abuse or or anything like that that goes on there. In fact, you know, there's no animal abuse. These ox have been dead. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I actually had I actually had a, a model in that um, that she brought funny. she she actually found a place locally that sold calf hearts for like student you know student dissection work <laughs> so she actually bought these soaked them in water you know because to get the formaldehyde off because you don't want toxic right. stuff uh, and then we she brought them and we put them in a a little vat and I poured stage blood on and we just bathed them in that and they. <laughs> we bathed them in the it, blood. <laughs> it, it looked it looked pretty nasty, you know. That's but awesome. It, but it was great. It made for great portraits. Um, and you know, I I like, I just like dealing with the with that horror, that whole horror horror genre, whether it's classic horror, uh, trying to recreate you know um, a scene, or if it's something that's like totally off the top of my head. Um, I had a idea at one point to do um, a whole series, a whole photo series, um, with the with the title of you know um, the the darkness of death becomes her, <laughs> and it was it was just all these like basically corpse painted you know models that um, you know would work with either they could have blood on them if they wanted to they didn't have to have blood. Um, <laughs> They could be in, you know, which clothes or not which clothes or, or you know, whatever. Um, it was just more around the, 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 uh, the corpse painting. Right. And, you know, corpse painting, there's so, so much variety to it, right? Basically, I provided them um, white, you know, white face and, and then, you know, black, uh, black makeup. And they could create whatever they wanted to. So whatever they created is what we shot cool um so it was kind of it was fun it was if fun. people want to check any of this out um i do have the um the link to your website in the description so you guys if you're interested in seeing any of the stuff that he's talking about whatever you have on your website yep. um that's in the description because i i glanced at the website just to make sure i had the address right yep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah, I it, I like the website. It's really nice. It's really easy to figure out what's going on really fast. That's a big thing for me is like, is can I navigate this motherfucker quickly right. and easily? I don't want to think. And uh, yeah, you've got a lot of shit on there, man. And like, got broken down into categories and mm -hmm. shit. Pretty cool. Pretty fucking yeah. impressive, dude. Most of the stuff on the site is pretty neutral. I've, I kind of keep the really extreme things, you know, to, yeah, I would say it's more PG. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There, there are definitely some things. Is that, it PC or PG at this point? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're kind of the same thing. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I try and keep it kind of neutral because you know there, there are some photos that you know I, that I've shot where we've done like you know horror themed and kind of that classic 
slasher type of, of thing. And it really, it was, it, it came from a model that said, look, I, I want to, I want to do a slasher type of, of photo shoot, but I, I want to be the victim. And I've never heard a model tell me that. Um, so I was a little, uh, I'm like, well, you know, I started to get really inquisitive. What do you mean by victim? You know, tell me what you're, tell me what you're thinking. So she kind of laid out, you know, this kind of 80s horror, kind of the, the whole Friday the 13th type of, of look and feel. Where, That's crazy. Where you have kind of this Jason figure and, and you know, she's the victim. She, she was the that one. That bitch has definitely got a rape fantasy thing going on, dude. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, she's, she, that's a, that's a twisted girl yeah. with some serious issues. But you should, the photos, <laughs> the photos that, you know, that came out of that. Um, I'm sorry, dude. The, the, I can't help it. The photos that came out of that were pretty disturbing, actually. I bet. You know, and, you know, <laughs> I'm not surprised at all, Dave. You know, it was funny because, again, I don't, you know the, the one thing the one thing I always have to say whether whether the model has clothes on or clothes off, I actually really don't notice. It's it's art to me, and sure. it's it, you know I look at it. I somehow do believe you. Yeah, I, and I I'm mean, not being sarcastic. I, I look at it as like, well, what are we creating? You know, we're creating this this whole scenario, you know, or this this dramatic element. Um, so some of the photos that came out of that that kind of 80s horror themed um shoot <clears throat> were, were actually really disturbing and when i showed my wife i'm like you know well here's the shots and you know she's a horror lover as well she loves you know horror movies the way you say horror yeah. it's it's horror yeah <laughs> so you just keep... my wife is a horror lover as well yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, my wife and i are serious lovers of yeah. the horrors that's spelled with an h not a w right <laughs> yeah. um yeah, so when I showed her the photos, she was like, yeah, I don't know if you should post these. <coughs> and that was like one of the first times, that was one of the first That's times that she funny, actually dude. said, she's actually said that to me. And I said, well, I said, you know, understand what, she's like, yeah, I understand what, I understand what your intent was. I understand the art and I understand, you know, the element behind it. But I don't think everyone else will. And I'm like, yeah. okay, well, you know. And and our wives usually know best. Yeah. I'm married. But well, I have to I have to be the guy who's like, yeah. you know what though, man? There's two options. Either you just put them out there because that's exactly why they should be posted. Yep. Is that risk factor? That's what real the real yep. art is. And uh or put it behind a paywall. Put it behind like a, a like a subscribed Patreon or something like yep. that, where that's what people are looking for is like the crazy shit you can't post online. Right. Um. Yeah. Monetize it, man. Fucking. But so she's I, probably right. I'm yeah. not actually arguing with your wife, but that's immediately where my mind went. Like, I did. I, I did actually post a couple of photos from that shoot that were a little bit more mild, really? um, but they were still pretty graphic. She's probably right, though, man. She's probably trying to prevent you from getting canceled, dude. Yeah. Which seems like it's getting easier and easier to do. Well, because <laughs> they'll go, they'll go back. Like you yeah. might not get canceled for posting them. You might get canceled ten years from now because people found them. Yeah, that's what I'm getting. Yeah, at the one, now. the one thing that she mentioned and and that that kind of cued in my head was that it, it comes across as like uh, almost like victimization, right? And that's not that's definitely not in my wheelhouse sure. to to you know it, to show. I mean, I've shot 
male models and female models. I, I don't have, you know, preference on, you know, either sex type or, you know, or actually body type. I'll shoot everyone. It doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, she said, you know, it comes and kind of comes across as a victim. Got a little bit of a rapey vibe. Yeah. She said, you know, it's, it's got this, it's got this definite slasher element. There's a lot of blood in it. There's like throat cutting, you know, all this stuff that, you know, I, I, dude, I bought meat hooks for this thing, yeah. you know, and I can see what she's getting at. And yeah. I keep using the, the, the comparison to the rape thing. Cause that's, that's a legit deal. Like, Oh, you're yeah. contributing to rape culture and victimization and no, 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 Like that's fucking some dangerous shit. Even in art. Yeah. I mean, you get even close to it yep. and Dude, do you remember the Bud Light campaign uh, up for whatever? Oh, yeah. They canceled that because a couple people complained. They're like, it's got kind of a rapey vibe, man. Yeah. And they were like, ah, shit. Like that. (laughs) And you guys, like you said, you bought meat hooks and there's blood everywhere. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Because it's like that old adage. We could explain that it was her idea and it's art, but that's an expensive conversation to have. And a lot of people aren't willing to listen either. So, so I mean, the, the, the model, the model herself actually got the photos and, you know, she's, she's actually shared some out, but to me, that's, that's her choice as to, as to her sharing those, those type of photos. Um, and it's fine. There, there was nothing, you know, there was nothing sexual about it. Um, there was nothing, there was no skin or anything that, you know, that would imply, you know, that that type of that type. <laughs> Somebody of would figure out a way to make it, it sexual. It was bro. more. It was more slasher. Motherfuckers jack off the feet, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, dude. Somebody will find it. And there's fucking weirdos, yeah. dude. I'm just. I'm not trying to shit on your story. I'm, yeah. I'm just saying, like, trust me. Somebody will find something. They'll fucking. Yeah. What are what are the numbers? It's shockingly high. It's like five out of a hundred or something like that. Dudes yep. have a foot fetish or some weird shit like that. Yep. Like that means there's like there's there's a couple of y'all right now watching this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I always make I always make people feel very comfortable in the in the studio, and it's there's just very, you know, I, I don't work under a lot of like contract and condition and you know stuff like that. It's like look, if you're hiring me to, to, you know, do a project with you and, you know, it, it involves, you want to, I don't know if you want to have feathers, you know, I'm not going to get offended. Uh, I, All right, I'll, Dave, I'll shoot the photo shoot I want. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, I'll, I'll shoot it. I want it, feathers coming out of my ass. <laughs> well, again. And on my cheeks, I'm going to have Travis Doherty tattoo two very, it's going to be black and gray. But two very realistic looking nipples, one on each butt cheek. Mm-hmm. And then I want you to take a picture of that, but I'm going to have feathers coming out of my ass. And uh, that's going to be my album cover. There you go. Art. There you go. There <laughs> Art. You go. <laughs> if you want to hire me to shoot that, I will shoot that. It's fucking yeah. funny is what it is. Because yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And all I want is for people to go... Are the feathers supposed to be a nose? And are those are those nipples or eyes? <laughs> what's that brown stuff? Art. The, yeah. What's what's that brown stuff on the feathers? I, I don't understand. Or maybe tape them. Yeah. Tape them to my lower back. <laughs> like, is, is that a tail? Yeah, yeah and yeah, and then it, it's got to be in black and white photo. Yep. 
I, oh, I've had models good. come in and they want to do like the the whole carry, you know, kind of carry element, you know, in horror where they're literally just doused in in stage blood, and it it works. We make it work. That's got to almost to you when. What are the ideas that almost seem like annoying? Mm. Like they're cliche, they're overdone. Like, like you know, fucking that one. Like, just dump a bunch of blood on me and take pictures. Yeah, like, it's how many of those can you do before you're like pass? And don't be literal with right. the with the with, with that blood example. But yeah, um. Are you asking how many I've done like that, or or like what are some good examples of cliche, cliche, overdone shit in photo shoots like that, where people come to you with an idea and yeah. you're just like, nah, I ain't doing that. I'll, I'll definitely, I'll definitely pick on the holidays. The the whole we have to be in the same pajamas, you know. So husband, wife, maybe family, um, or it could be a model in this case. They have to wear like matching pajamas. And it's just overdone. How, how many photos are out there right now? You know, everyone in the family's got the footsie, you know, the footsie pajamas on, all that stuff. And oh, they're all, they all have ho 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 on them. They all have candy cane. Everything's got to match. It, it, to me, that's just way overdone. Yeah. You know, um, Fall time is usually, you know, picking up picking up leaves and throwing the leaves in the air, and and you know having the le doing the the raining leaves. That's a little overdone. I, I mean, I'll do it. I, I do a different spin to it, so it's not it's not as, you know, kind of it's a little bit more unique than <laughs> than just like oh let's throw let's throw leaves in the air, <laughs> you know. People want people want like. You know, oh, I want to take a day. I want to take pictures on a day that it's snowing. Okay, do they realize that days that it's snowing is really not a really great day to look? You know, the sky is typically gray, and it's just not a great appeal. Well, yeah, but you can just fix that in Photoshop, bro. Yeah, um, true. Yeah, some of that's some of that's true. Some it of it's not true. true. It's like, you know, I don't mind taking photos of people. Well, plus it's uh, like you want to do it when it's snowing. It's like where. It doesn't snow everywhere at the same time. Right. Am I coming to you or are you coming to me? Right. Like, is this going to be at fucking 8 a.m. Right. or 4 p.m.? Well, yeah, I actually... Because here in Minnesota, shit, now now it's fucking dark, dark at 4 or 5 o'clock. <laughs> 4 o'clock, yeah. Like, dark, dark. Not the sun went down. Yep. I'm saying, like, it's nighttime at 4 or 5 p.m. Yep. So, we, 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 you know what I mean? It's like, how do you nail that down? It might go a month without snowing, and then it snows really crazy starting yep. at midnight, yep. and it ends at 9 in the morning. When are we meeting? Is that at 5 a.m. Or, or at 8 a.m.? Right. Like, how much snow? Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I actually had a model reach out to me to do, um, do kind of a promo video with her, right? To do, like, some modeling videos and things like that. And she wants to do one where on a day that's snowing. And I said, sure. We can we can plan that. Um, you have to be available though on the day that it's snowing, and you know we have to have like we have to coordinate really quickly. Yeah. Um, so we're still waiting for it to kind of today. It was not a good day, but you know we had to kind of coordinate. We have to. And coordinate. it didn't really snow, snow. Not yet, at least. No. Like at least here, 
Yep. Maybe it did somewhere else in the state of Minnesota, yep. but that, that's what I was getting at earlier. Um, one I remember for sure that mm-hmm. stood out to me mm-hmm. was uh, bands doing group photos, brick walls, and staircases. Yeah. It's like the, it's like the, 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 the trademark for like local band yeah. like starting out. Yeah. Okay, let's all go sit on the steps. Or the straight line show, shots, you know, where they're all like, it's like literally like victim lineup type of thing, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, who's the, who's the serial killer? You know, which one are, which one are they? Um, I, I think there's a little bit more dimension than that that, you know, needs to come out in, in photos. I wouldn't mind just straight up mug shots, though, like for inside of an <laughs> album. You know what I mean? Right. Like straight up, like. Not literally go get arrested, but take fucking. Mm-hmm. It, it probably would take a lot of work to make them look that shitty too, because those are bad photos. Like right. the lighting is not good. Like, right. You're talking about the front and then side, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 And then they've got the, you know, and then you just put the the guy's name in his in his instrument, you know. Right. The little the the little uh, name tag or whatever, yeah. the little name board. Yeah. Dude, I think that'd be a cool. It, it just for like an album, but it, it worked for in, like inside an album. Yeah, but in like the for promo or shots for promo shots, I mean, <laughs> that actually would be hilarious. <laughs> and it's not a real mug shot, <laughs> so you went out of your way to do that. <laughs> oh, that is so fucking hilarious, dude. Now I want to do that desperately. <laughs> Desperately, desperately, desperately for that next set of promo shots I do. I want to have, have you seen this band? <laughs> like skip the wanted poster and go straight to the he's already gotten arrested. Oh my god. Oh, orange genius. orange jumpsuits, everything. The whole the whole bit. Genius. Fucking genius. Or like those you know, those like movie star shots where, you know, Here's Nick Nolte dressed, arrested <laughs> DUI, and he's like, he's like, that's you know. exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and when people find out it's not a real mugshot, that's yep. the joke. That's why it's funny because dude went out of his way to recreate that, yep. which takes a lot of work. Like, yeah. it's such a stupid idea. It's actually fucking genius, dude. And you, like you said, like that wouldn't be a good promo photo. It actually kind of would. Nope. That would be hysterical. Oh my god! I've seen like I, I saw. Uh, oh, I remember. <laughs> I remember there was a country album that that had that like oh, on the cover. Fuck. You know, it was like a wanted, like an old wanted poster. Yeah. You know, it was like I don't know Willie Nelson or yeah. or you know Hank Williams or. Maybe it was even Waylon Jennings. One of those, oh, one of those artists so... had one. Oh my god, that is so fucking funny. That's genius, dude. I have to take a leak. I have to piss. Uh, let's take a quick break. Um, I'm gonna play for these guys. Uh, well, I guess for you too. Yep. Um, it's actually one of my tunes. Oh, it's cool. It's not the intro. Uh, what are we trying to do here? It's been a while. Boom. Here we go. All right, this is one of my tunes. Um, it will be on the album eventually <laughs> part of the 10-year plan the 10-year plan uh it's not that heavy that it's could definitely. be the name of the album actually the 10-year plan it's funny you say that because it's that's nothing 
even remotely close to what the name is, but it is super close to something that inspired this whole idea. It's like the cool. nine year flood or some shit like right. that. Hilarious. Um, we call it the nine year floater. <laughs> <laughs> just have a big turd. In the... <laughs> I was just gonna say, are we talking about turds? <laughs> Jeremy Blake is like, I instantly got erect. <laughs> Did we bring up turds? <laughs> All right, uh, <laughs> you know Jeremy Blake, right? Mm -hmm. He's a fucking goofball. I love oh, yeah. that son of a bitch. All right, I'm gonna play the song. I gotta take a leak. You want something to drink? You uh, still no. got tea? No, I got. I'm, I'm gonna grab something to drink too. I probably need these Russian She's a little 
There we go. Yeah, it used to be. I always had a chip on my shoulder. <laughs> now I don't. So I don't know. Got burnt out, but yeah. Hope you guys dig it. Yep. Um, are you still doing shit with Will? I am. Yep. Over at fourteen fifty nine. Yeah, I think when the when the opportunities come up, yep, we we still kind of jump into it. So whose idea was that to do the video stuff over there? Was that yours or his? Well, actually, actually, I kind of approached Will about the idea of you know with of course with COVID kind of taking over our lives, right? To kind of keep music in front of you know live music in front of people because nobody was going to shows at that. Right, everything was like shut down, dormant, just wasn't happening. It wasn't in the cards, so you know, I, I just approached Will and said, "Hey, well, what if we, what if we set up like an area to, you know, to shoot um, bands and have bands come in, uh, and they could be, you know, for all intents and purposes, they could be COVID safe. We could split them up if needed, you know. But let's let's shoot that. You record the the sound, you know, so it's it's you know, audio, the audio is like studio quality audio, but it's a live take. Um, you know, and so we kind of milled, we kind of milled on it back and forth and, and finally came up with the idea that, well, we probably could just leverage the studio, you know, his recording studio to shoot these. Um, so we put together the, the whole idea of, you know, having bands come in and you start off with like three songs, you know, if they want to do more, fine. It's just, you know, it's just X amount more, um, for, you know, per song over three and, you know, out of it, they get the audio, which they can use on an EP if they really wanted to, um, or they could engage with Will to do, you know, cleanups or, or, you know, things like that on, on the recording side, if they wanted to like recut, you know, certain things, but knowing that everything is kind of blended together. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they also get video out of it. They get three, you know, three separate videos of each of, you know, one of each of the songs. And it's all, it's all multi-camera, you know, multi-camera takes. So there's typically about four or five cameras in there. Um, so they're all, it's all in this little studio space. And, you know, we set up something that's like very wide angle and put elements to it. We've had pretty extreme measures, right? Of like we had impaler come in and it wasn't just like i seen that impaler acoustic set it was like impaler full bore impaler yeah i mean we're talking all their stage stuff everything we had pillars in there we had i mean (laughs) dude it was (laughs) it was crazy it It, is crazy and there were like what seven people in that room yeah um and it's you know the studio space is good size but it's not (laughs) when you get like lights and cameras and you know all that stuff in there um so but we did it. Nice. We, you know, we had Stone Paler in there. Have you thought about doing that, like, at a venue? I'd love to do it at a venue. Will and, Ch- I, Will and I actually have talked about that. And Chili know. and I are throwing around an idea, too. Yep. Of doing a version of our podcast. Yep. At a venue. That'd be fun. And then flipping it to where we basically do, like, probably an hour mm-hmm. of us. Essentially, think of it like when doors open, right? Yep. Doors open, we start a podcast, and then we introduce the first band, right. and we hit that button just like I do here, and it flips, and boom, we're on stage. Yep. Or not we're on stage, 
the band's, the band's on, on stage. stage. Yep. And we go. And then during changeover, it just flips back to us. Yep. Yeah. It'd be fun. He's, yeah. He said he's down. Yep. We got, it's, it's all about, for me, in that situation, and him and I both agree on this, we disagree as to which venue it is, but we both agree that it has to be the right venue. Right. He wants to do something smaller. I don't care how big it is. Yep. Because it's, like, to me, that's, it's really about the layout of the room. Like, where would we be sitting? Right. And I don't care. I don't care if we're off to the side of the stage or if we're at the other end of the room. Right. I don't give a shit. It's just, does it work? Does it make sense? Right. Does it feel right? Um, so you're talking about it actually streaming? Yeah, it, it, I think it, it would make sense to stream it. Yep. The, the, I really do. The I, only I, thing, I really do. The only thing there is, you know, and I think the reason why, because Will and I talked about doing like streaming, you know, actually streaming these, these bands coming in and, you know, doing their thing. Um, and we, we actually went against it because the, there's just, a, in some ways, there's a lot of, a lot of technical element to it um, that we just didn't want to, we just didn't want to yeah. take on. Um, and I think quite honestly, they're getting a, a, a really good product you know, they're getting the video, they're getting the audio, you know, I mean, Will's doing a great job at mastering the, the sound. Um, you know, they're getting a, a viable product that's literally something that they can take. Once it's delivered to them, they could actually take it and put it on their YouTube and release it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, the motivations are very different for sure. Because I think, and I don't think I would want to do it super regularly. Like Greg and I were talking about it. I was like, dude, I think we do it once a month. Mm -hmm. Like it's a real event. Right. We book the bands. And I was trying to figure out a way to, and I still think in its core, this is a good idea where we can build more of a, like an actual event, mm -hmm. you know? So it's not just these four bands, right? And it's, it's still, to me, it's all about finding the right venue. Mm-hmm. Because we could, in theory, just record it and upload it. Mm -hmm. But if we're somehow able to stream it live, we have the ability to turn around a night in the night. Mm -hmm. Like, think about it. How many times has there not been a lot of people at a show? Right. And you're like, fuck. You know. Like, it almost never does it turn around unless the, unless the headlining band has got one of those fan bases mm -hmm. that they show up. And you know what I'm talking about? Because yep. that's happened a lot, too, where it's a dead night, dead night, dead night. Halfway through the supporting acts, the, fucking the direct support, all of a sudden, boom, 500 people show up. Yep. Headliner has a great night. It's like, what? What the hell is that? You know what right. I mean? But... That's not how it usually goes. Most of the time, you know it's a dead night. You're like, fuck, this is done. Mm -hmm. But you, if you're streaming, you have the ability where people are like, dude, this is fucking dope. Like, fuck that. I'm going. Mm -hmm. Like, I still got time. I think you could do that. And I think it would help promote the scene. I think it would help promote whatever venue, obviously, the bands. Um, and it would. It would become more of an event. And you just don't do it all the time. Mm -hmm. You can't do it every Friday night or every Saturday night. It's got to be something really rare. Yep. Like at most, like once a month. You do it 
I'm just worried if you do it less than once a month, mm-hmm. like once every three months, then it's like confusing. Like, what is it? Right. It's got to be like semi, sort of regular. I think once a month would be good. Yeah, I, like I one think, Saturday night. I think if you had all the uh, if you had all the technical elements, you know, in line and and everything was able to produce, you know, um, a very solid, you know, solid connected. Um, event i think it'd be great it it would be it would definitely fill you know fill a void that you know isn't really out there right now especially in the local scene yeah i know for a fact there was um i think it's the southern theater Mm. they were doing a really high-end version of exactly what i'm talking about right and you could buy online tickets but that wasn't like an event that was just a straight up online show. Right. Like you had I it was pretty sweet how they did it too. Right. Is it that was probably the closest version of what I saw. Right. To to my idea, but it was almost overproduced. Right. Like I think it, I think it needs to be very 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 well produced, but like I don't know how to explain it. It's it's you're you're really talking about like live broadcast type of things. Yeah, that's yeah directly to any of our YouTube pages that we want or doing whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess it's possible. I mean, I, I just don't know how the sound quality would be because that's the one thing that typically suffers. Yeah, is the sound. And quite honestly, if if I'm sitting there watching watching something and all of a sudden you know it's it's garbage sound, it's like what's the point in watching this? You can't hear anything. You can't, yeah. it's, you're not feeling it. Yeah. I know the biggest challenge and I've heard this cause I've had dudes on the podcast before. Um, I've talked to Wally about this in depth actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mix things dramatically different for TV or whatever. Yep. Um, and, uh, my boy Stephen Lane from Reaping, as actually, mm-hmm. him and I were talking about it, and he's like, "Yeah, the trick is you have two boards and two feeds, mm-hmm. and you have two sound guys. That's that's how you do it. So right. you have the main thing that's happening, and then you have all that run back out one more time to a second board, and that is mixed differently. Right, and that's what goes into the stream. And you got to have a sound guy that understands he's not mixing to the room; he's mixing right to nothingness, just like." Well, then you're you you start to com- make things a little bit more complicated as well with, with like, multiple part of the reason multiple, I bought this fucker right multiple video streams as well. You know, then you're having like live editing. Yeah, I know. mean, some of that you can automate. Like what I have here, like mm-hmm. OBS is pretty impressive. Yep. It, it, I think the biggest thing is logistics. Like I think the actual technical aspects have been kind of the piece in in the pandemic basically made this happen. Mm-hmm. Um, because Blackmagic Design, yep, has the A10 minis. Yep, you can use that if you need to. Um, there's a lot of shit, dude. Where even I mean, fuck, even um, Elgato has a new has a new cor- uh, card, mm-hmm. a new graphics card. Uh, it takes four HDMI's, and each one can be identified as its own source in here so you can right. you can get into automated scene switching um it 
I think the logistical layout of the venue has to be perfect. Like mm-hmm. that's that's really what's holding me back from the whole thing. It's like none of them are right. Like right. it'd be fucking weird. Um, and then number two is their fucking internet connection's gotta be baller. Yep. Like, cause yeah, we need a lot of bandwidth going up. Yep. In order to put on a decent show, and then it's it's really more of a hardware issue. Um, somebody's gotta have a fucking beast mode of a yeah. laptop. Yep. Or two. To, yep. to pull all that off, you know, because the cameras, I think the cameras are out there, um, like within our group of people we knew or know, we could probably put together most of that shit. But yeah, I think, I think a lot of the technical stuff has been mm-hmm. fixed. It's literally just either money. Yeah. It always comes up to that. Yeah, right? I know. Right. <laughs> But I mean, we all make these investments, anyways. Yep. Um, I think it would be fucking dope. Mm-hmm. I think it would be really fucking dope, especially if we only did it like once a month. Yep. I think it'd be fucking cool. But the bands, you know, the bands got to do their part too. Oh, definitely. They got to draw, you know, because the venue's got to still make money. Yep. But if you pulled it off right, I think it would be fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And I think it definitely would be worth. It. Oh, definitely. What um, what other projects you got going on video wise? Video wise, uh, actually working on uh, kind of a number of things. I've got music videos that I've shot and are still in edit, so I'm doing you know edits on those. Um, I've got um, I got some uh, screenplay and kind of some video, some film work that I'm doing. I'm working on working on kind of a kind of a short film. Um, and I say short, but it'll probably end up being, you know, the hour and a half type of, of you know, film. Um, That's not a short film. Yeah. It, well, I think anything I, I'm going to start. <laughs> I'm going to start with the short and then kind Isn't of build anything it from past there. 60 a feature technically. I think technically. Yes. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. So I, I, there's actually some stuff that I'm working. Um, I'm working on. I want to. Um, You're working on a feature length film, my boy. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Uh, again, I'm going to start with a short. I'm going to start with it being a short and then probably build it out from there. Are you writing um, the story? Yeah. 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 So it's definitely in the horror genre. I don't want to kind of like give too much away on you it. You love but... horrors, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, I, it... you and your horrors fetish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's H-O, right? That's not W-H. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Sorry for anyone that's going to yeah. horror. Horror. Yes. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm working on that. I'm also doing, uh, some, uh, I would say some consulting with, um, with someone that's working on a film, uh, for Amazon prime, uh, and doing some kind of story building there and, and, you know, um, editing work and, you know, things like that. So yeah, it's, it's, it's coming along. It's slowly, but surely. Um, yeah, I, I'd like to do a, a few more you know, a few more music videos. You know, there's there's a couple bands that I've worked with. Um, one was yeah. a lot more cinematic. I hope you're, you, you're not offended, and I hope everybody understands why I can't play any of these, because you don't own the, the rights to the music. So right. even if you've gotten permission to share that, yep. there's no fucking way I can make an articulate case to YouTube that in any way, shape, or form those rights transfer to me somehow. Right. 
Because you're not the artist who's in the because they're not going to flag the video. They flag the music in the video. You see, yep. so I'm like, I can't. It sucks. If you guys want to see any of this, though, do you have the any of your music videos on your website? Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, actually, there there are on the website, and then I've got a YouTube channel as well. Like links in the there. description. I wish we could play that shit, but yeah, yep. I have a hard enough time getting YouTube to approve the musicians when they bring on the video. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even even if you use what's considered, you know, public domain or or you know, license free type use. of yeah, fair use type of stuff, it still gets flagged. So I, yeah, I, I think the only solution is what uh, what Vimeo is <laughs> probably the only one that doesn't doesn't flag stuff, right? I think um, so. Yeah, I'm new to Twitch. It'll be really interesting to see what happens on the Twitch side of things. Yeah, how does that how does that work? Because you know, if artists do their own thing out there and they're basically putting their music out there that potentially is going to come up and get flagged. My boy, Joey Moya. Yep. He's on Twitch here. Sweaty pedals. He actually does like gaming and shit, which I, I'm, I'm going to fuck around. That's kind of one yep. of the reasons we're doing the Twitch thing now. <clears throat> um, he plays his own music. Uncle daddy. Okay. The yeah. band uncle daddy. Those yeah. guys are fucking amazing by the way. Um, and he, I think he told me he gets flagged on every podcast for his own music. Nice. And I think it's like distro kid or CD. It's one of those digital distribution sites. That's right. one of the services they provide is they scrub the internet to make sure nobody's ripping you off until, and that's all I want. All I want from YouTube and I'm hoping Twitch will give it to me too. Mm -hmm. is all I want is the ability to preemptively show or claim that I have <clears throat> rights or access to play this music. Right. So if the artist comes on, hey, I want to play this video, cool. Whether it's five minutes before or an hour before or 24 hours, mm -hmm. I should be able to submit that music video and be in like, hey, here's the deal. This artist who wrote this song and has the rights is coming on my podcast to play this. Yep. Or if you're a streamer, hey, I've gotten the rights from these artists. And if they want proof, technically, yeah, I got to get it in writing, right? Right. But I think it'd really help out the smaller people, mm -hmm. like me that get flagged on the fucking, like the random ones. Mm -hmm. It's so weird, dude. And it's not, it's, it's not the end of the world until, until you are monetized. Right. Because it can take up to 30 days to get it fixed right well that's when most of your videos are gonna do well is in their first month mm -hmm. so you just took all my money right exactly yep yeah so i mean some of the music videos i've done um have kind of a cinematic element to them um i think the first one i the first one i i worked on with um with wolf mask which is a local band uh that was uh we did a a music video for their song uh, "The Old Way with a Sledge," and if you're familiar with their with their is it Wolf Mask? Yes, it's not Wolf it's, Mask. Well, it's it's two V's, so yes. Because there's Wolf Peck. Wolf Peck. Have you ever seen that? Uh, uh. I don't know. They they're not very heavy. I may not dig them. Uh, they're like super fucking progressive jazz. Mm. Fucking, I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain, but they're dope. Mm -hmm. But I've wanted to know that. Isn't 
So it's Wolf Pack. Wolf Mask. Wolf Mask, sorry. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Yep. Yep. Wolf Mask. Yep. Is isn't that fucking John Wheeler's old band? Uh you're thinking of My Zero. Yeah, so John Wheeler was that, in My Zero. Yeah, and so when Wheeler left, didn't they change and become so isn't it essentially a group of guys that were originally in My Zero? Uh, yes. All, actually, actually, all of the guys, except for John, um, uh, I should say the opposite. Um, the guys that were in Wolf Mask were part of My Zero. Okay. So yep. I'm not making that up. Okay. Yep. So I did hear that correctly from somewhere, randomly. Yep. Because I've never heard or seen Wolf Mask. I've never oh, okay. heard their music. I've never seen them. I like to, especially now, I like to just try to, like, see the band live yep. before I sit there and listen to their music. Yep. Especially because I don't, man, very little bands are able to capture their sound on record nowadays. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I really don't want to listen to your music and stream it. I want to go see you live, and then if you're dope, then I'll deal with the fact that this record doesn't actually really sound like you. The, the, nice, the nice thing is, is that they sound exactly like they do on the album. Do they? Yep. Yep. They, they use the same, so they use a lot of like audio tracks um, from like different parts of movies, you know, like mm -hmm. quotes from movies, um, anything from Ghostbusters to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, they all have kind of this horror, this horror theme element or this, <laughs> this you know, uh, element the, to them. The horrors, uh, man. Yep. <laughs> horror. Horror. Yes. <laughs> For work on my enunciation um yeah so they, i wonder if i wonder if they're if i'm gonna get plagued by the algorithm for that if they if they're gonna actually think that we're talking about w's not uh, h's the wh yes i wonder i'm curious about that that might happen i'll try to be a little bit more conscious i don't think it. it can happen on twitch because i think my thing is set for mature audiences right. only but youtube right. sometimes they'll do that dude right like i've heard people getting their Hit flag because they're talking about you know fucking some dude who you know oh and they nice. use and they use the word the, right. the s word right and that that'll get you flagged right, right. or shadow banned or whatever and I I just wonder how much of that's real right and I've been joking around with it but I've been lucky I uh, like Instagram for example I've I've posted some things where models look like they're cutting and like that but i always put like a little disclaimer in there saying where it's graphic or whatever yeah i always put a little disclaimer in there saying you know no models were hurt this is not you know this is an artistic interpretation of you know whatever but it, it never never have i ever done like oh i want to do a photo series on suicide because that's not something that i would be interested oh, there's in that whatsoever. s word there's that yeah. s word yeah i wouldn't be i wouldn't be interested in that um <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I really don't actually give a shit because I'm pretty sure I've been shadow banned from day one. I mean, we talk about some crazy shit. We've done some crazy shit on this fucking podcast, dude. <laughs> like, for real. Like, like Greg's is reserved compared to mine, dude. Like, that's why I like these daytime ones. Daytime mm -hmm. ones, because th they're super chill, dude. But some of these guys come on and we party and it gets fucking weird. <laughs> some, of, some of the shit we have said and done on this podcast is definitely going to come back to haunt me eventually. Or in the words of Timothy Leary, things get real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things get weird. Things get real. Things get real weird. Yep. <laughs> yep. No, we just, I'm just saying, we talked about all that shit. So I don't really actually care 
right if we get flagged for it but no i've heard that where it's like oh uh they they, they even come up with like code words so instead of being like oh that person killed themselves they'll be like oh that person deleted themselves <laughs> you see what i'm saying like right. oh and yeah they self-deleted that's what it is oh he deleted him and, and then this person self-deleted that's george carlin had a thing about that right the different words that we use you know yeah, and then you just arbitrarily to, pick which ones are offensive. Right. So we don't have to people, worry about things because we're going to expire. Here's my favorite <laughs> one. Here's my favorite one right now. And I get it if you seriously had to have like one of those crazy high profile jobs and you needed a secret code for it for some reason. Right. But do you know the let's go Brandon thing? No. It's it's so dumb, it's kind of amazing, right? So it's code for fuck Joe, Brian, uh, fuck Joe Biden. Okay. And how this happened is some kid named Brandon something won his first NASCAR race or mm -hmm. whatever. And there was, there was this trend going around at the time where fans at sporting events, college football, all over the place were, were chanting, fuck Joe Biden, dun, 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 fuck mm -hmm. Joe Biden. And... This reporter who's interviewing this kid, Brandon, mm -hmm. I don't know if she was trying to spin it or if she legitimately misheard the, the chanters, but she goes, well, and the fans are here saying, let's go, Brandon. How's that feel? And he, and the kid just kind of like blew her off and just gave it one of those cliche sports <laughs> answers. But that <laughs> shit went viral on the internet. Right? Like this, this poor reporter. Cause I, it could have been a brilliant deflection, mm -hmm. you know, where she's like, oh, I don't think they can really hear that through the mic. And they just hear this chant. I'm going to spin it as Let's Go Brandon. Or if she really thought they were chanting Let's Go Brandon, I don't know. But that shit went viral, dude. And it became a joke. And so now people are saying Let's Go Brandon. <laughs> and I'm like, why don't you just say fuck Joe Biden? Like you were. <laughs> What's the point? Just right? say fuck Joe Biden. Like, what the fuck, man? Right. Like, unless, unless you were like, unless you had a job where you can't go around saying fuck Joe Biden, fuck Donald Trump, whatever. Right. Because that shit will get you fired. But the point is, is as soon as it was um, uncovered that that's what let's go Brandon means, people were saying it and they were getting fired for it. See what I'm saying? So you might, dude, if you're going to get fired for saying, let's go, Brandon, you should get fired for saying, fuck Joe Biden. Right. You but, see what I'm getting at? Because right. you, all you did right. is just created three more words to right. say the same three words. What, what if, what, delete, if self -delete. what if, what if you're at a soccer game, right? And you're watching your kid and your kid's name happens to be Brandon. What do you say? Let's go, Brandon. Come on, let's go. You know, I mean, people are going to be catching this <laughs> stuff on YouTube and, you know, TikTok and so on. It, it's going to be like the standing joke. Yeah, I think it was a pilot. They were getting ready to take off, you know, and the pilot addresses everybody. And I think at the end he was like, let's go, Brandon. And then hung it up. <laughs> and somebody did God. not like it. <laughs> and he got fired for it, dude. I think dude. it's hilarious that, that there's actually people trying to... And then there was like, there was um, like some senator or a guy from the House of Representatives or some shit. He was like... He had a mask for COVID and it said, uh, let's go Brandon on it. And it's like, again, why not just say fuck Joe Biden? Like if the secret's out that that's what it means, 
then why are you, it just doesn't make sense to me right like that one that one but it's hilarious it's absolutely hysterical just knowing the actual origin of it right like, god that's fucking funny though but yeah delete self delete as soon as you just arbitrarily pick which words are offensive people just come up with other words right like okay i can't say the r word anymore okay I already know a grip of people that have invented other words. You know, mm -hmm. I, oh, what was the one I heard the other day? Smooth brain. Oh, he's, that's a, that's a real smooth brain take on it. And I was like, what does that mean? Somebody was like, dark. Mm. And I was like, then why not? <laughs> smooth <sighs> brain. Yeah. Which, which the point is, is it's like retarded means to prevent progress. Like, that's literally the definition of it. Right. Depends on what context you're using it in, but yeah. Yeah, I, true. Because how we use it is blah, blah, blah. It's right? directed at a person that's... Yeah, if you're saying... I mean, I don't know. I was called a retard many times. I turned out fine. <laughs> right. Fine-ish. Right. <laughs> but, uh, no, like, I say that shit about ideas all the time. I'm like, that's fucking retarded. People are like, that's offensive. I'm like, why? They're like, because I, I have a cousin who's mentally ill. I'm like, okay, I'm not talking about your cousin. Right. I'm not talking about mentally ill people. I'm saying that idea is retarded, meaning it, it's preventing progress or it's slowing progress down. Like, that's not a good idea. And, and it's more than it's not a good idea. That's why we have these words. And so it's just, it's, it's kind of just blowing my mind, dude. Yep. And luckily, for the most part, Instagram seems to be pretty cool. I've gotten flagged a couple times on Twitter and on Instagram, uh, fucking with my friends. Some of the shit we say to each say to each other. Mm -hmm. I got flagged one time. Uh, what was it? What did I say? I think I was talking shit to Jason. Jason Reed, you remember Jason Reed from mm -hmm. Main Hinge? I think I was talking shit to him because we were playing uh, um, Red Dead Redemption, right? Online, and I think I was talking shit to him and. I hit submit on something and I think Instagram was like, this is similar to other things that have been flagged for hate speech. Do you want to continue? And I was like, yep. <laughs> Cause I knew, you know, I'm fucking with my buddy here. I'm talking about fucking killing his horse or some shit like that, or dragging him, dragging him behind my horse or something like that. Right. Can't remember what it was, but it's a cowboy game. Like you can literally do that. Mm -hmm. I can fucking lasso you and then drag you behind my oh, horse. Yeah. I, I like, riding the horse through town or something and you know you go up to people they're just walking by and you just go like real close to them and then like sidekick them <laughs> just love that i i, I don't know why <laughs> it's just such a it's just just a fun thing to do it's like yeah. you know there's <laughs> I, was, I was driving down the road and it hit me i was like man the shit i do in gta that i would never do in real life right because like yeah, but you know what? The only the only thing is, is that you think that some things are starting to play out. You know, they they almost play out like a like one like some of those games. And I'm not. Do you think so? Keep in mind, I'm not blaming any game whatsoever because people are responsible for their actions, right? Yeah. Um, do you think they are? I don't know. I I, I just noticed that there's just so there's such a level of intensity. 
you know, that goes on, that's going on in our society just over in general. And maybe it's, some of it's due to COVID and we've all been pent up and it's like a form of release. Um, but there's so many like carjacking, stuff like that, that are just kind of, just kind of senseless type of, of crimes. Sure. You know, oh, but, God, I never fucking thought of that because that is exactly how GTA started. Yep. Like walk up to a car, grab it. I mean, ride. Red Dead's got so many cool elements to it, though. Though, I mean, the nice thing is, is that you can play as a as a good guy. You can play as kind of big. You can be a better, you know, a better character, or you can be like just a criminal the entire time. I do like that they have that scale. Yep. yep. Like you gotta decide yep. how you want to do that. I I don't know. Have you played the whole game? Yeah, I beat the the story, and yep. then uh, I went online. Okay. We had a little community for a while. We had a sweet posse, dude. So you played as John Marshall, and yeah, yeah. And then, uh, how did your how did your uh, previous character die? Because there's different there's different yeah, endings. I can't remember, it, right? dude. I honestly I can't remember. Hold on. You ended up with tuberculosis, right? Yeah, because you end up as the, you you basically play out a little bit as the kid, right? At the very very end. You become the kid or something, fuck, dude. It because I did it when that shit dropped. That was like fucking three, four years ago already. Right. Maybe I should go back and play that again. Because it, it, there's like two or three different endings. Oh, really? Yep. So there's an element where, you know, you you can kind of die at peace. You know, you die of tuberculosis, right? Just naturally. Um, and then there's another element where you get killed. I think I got killed. Right. Maybe not. And then I think there's two ways to be getting ki- of getting killed. There's a stab. I think you can get stabbed, or the other one is shot. You know, my, the problem with me is I probably did one of them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I did one of them because I finished the game. But then I watched the YouTubes of the other ones, right? So I didn't have to do it twice. And right. now the memories are so ingrained, I can't remember which one I actually completed. Because being sick re- sounds familiar. Yep. But then being stabbed sounds familiar. Yep. I, Did you run across the guy in the... Uh, being shot doesn't sound familiar, so I'm going to bet it was one of the first two. Early in the game, did you steal like the, uh, the coonskin hat off the, so. off the trapper? I don't think so, so no. So there's this element in the game, right, that, and I'm probably not going to represent it correctly here, so you know, hopefully nobody gets really upset, but um, you steal... You basically steal this this hat off. This it's guy. a side mission. Uh, no, it's actually something that happens in the bar. You start you start a scuffle with this guy. Oh, when you get drunk in the bar. In the bar, and you follow the guy out. The guy leaves. He gets all pissed off, and you know he's drunk, and he goes out, and you follow him out into the alley. And if you if you stab the guy or whatnot, you can steal his his coonskin hat. Hmm. Okay, so you have this like really cool kind of Daniel Boone hat, right? Yeah. Well, if you go away from the the bar, right, and then you know the saloon, and you come back um, later on in the game, and you put on that coonskin hat, and you walk in the bar, that guy's there, and he'll come after you. He he like you like walk in the door, and he immediately turns around and sees you, and starts running towards you, and like will fight you. <laughs> That's awesome. It's the funniest thing because, it, and it'll happen like multiple times if you allow it, right? If you put on this hat it like provokes him that's and he gets really amazing that oh god that's so cool 
No, I... I just like the fact that I can kick people on my horse. You know, that's I the, remember, though, playing that video game, and then as soon as I was done with the game, I realized how I basically fucked up the whole game. Yep. Because I, bl- I got so into the story, Yep. I blitzed through that, and I was like, no, so I'm going to do it like I used to do GTA. I'm going to do this, and then I'll come back and clean up all those cool side missions. What I didn't realize is all the cool fucking mechanic- mechanics in the game, like... The legendary animals, how you get the skins, and then you bring them to the trapper, and you make all that cool shit, and you get all the trinkets. That shit would help you so fucking much early in the game, Mm -hmm. and by the time I got it, it was useless. Yep. Because I was already fucking OP. My character was already maxed out. Yep. And and yeah, it was also kind of like boring, where it's like, that would have been way cooler to do earlier in the game. Right. Those fucking legendary animals, dude. I remember the one. The one I remember the most is the fucking bear, dude. Did you get the bear? <laughs> yes. It was awesome. You get clawed to death. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That was great. I loved. I loved. Yeah, it's that. a fun game. Any of the open world games are just. There's just so they much reach, to them, and, yeah, and hats them. off to the people that create them because it's just amazing. You know what I want to see next, or and I'm hoping it's GTA Six. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I think, hmm, I don't know. I don't know which one I would rather see it happen, Red Dead or GTA. But uh, I want them to start overlapping the lore in the cities more. Because mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember this, but in GTA 5, I think it is, yep. when you're creating your online character, you can pick one of your ancestors if you do it long enough. Right. One of your ancestors can be John Marston. Mm-hmm. And it affects how your character comes out. And that might have been four, but I'm pretty sure it was five. So long story short, they they definitely exist. But I want them to take the next GTA and put it in San Denis mm-hmm. or vice versa. So like the next Red Dead mm-hmm. should be in San Andreas. Right. But way back then. Right. And start overlapping those worlds more. Right. Instead of trying to keep them in separate spots. I think that would be cool as fuck. Right. Or even, you know, what became Vice City. Actually, Vice City probably wouldn't make sense. But right. San Andreas would make a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. Southern California. Absolutely. Yep. Be kind of fun. What else are you playing? As far as games and shit? You know, I, I'm not... These things are like crack. Yeah, it's, it's like I'm not a huge gamer. I, I you know... I have very little time that I spend playing games. When I do, I I typically will, you know, dig in for it, it's a time suck, right? You as soon as you sit down, it's like all of a sudden you notice, oh gosh, four hours have gone by and I don't even want to know what happened. Yeah. Um, I did play Red Dead for quite a while. You know, played through that and that was that was fun. That was that was like, you know, a huge addiction there. Um, did then, you go online? Uh, you know, I did, and I didn't. It was so it was such bullshit for so long. Yeah, dude. and that's probably when I was online because it was like these goofy, this goofy crap of, you know, everyone was just killing each other. It's mm-hmm. like you you started and it, it, somebody would kill you. Yeah, you know, so it just it just wasn't fun. So I pulled out of that. Um, I did start playing. I quit playing because they wouldn't put blackjack online. Yep. That's all I wanted to do was go to the fucking stupid bar casino thing and play blackjack with my buddies. Yep. That's all I wanted to do in that game. And it's like, fuck it. They, they have it in GTA. Mm-hmm. We can do poker online. Right. Why can't I play blackjack? 
Exactly. So fucking mad. About you know, that. I, so I went from I went from Red Dead to um, to Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Oh played shit, that. man! That's that was a deep game. I just I I, I really got into that for a long time. Somebody um, told me to stay away from that one. Yeah, they were like, "Is you're bad enough with Skyrim and GTA?" Yeah, they were like, "Don't add Assassin's Creed to it." Another one they I was warned to stay away from is the Fallout series. Oh, yeah. I guess those have gotten pretty wild. Yep. So now I'm. So I went from Odyssey. I finished Odyssey just around the time that um, that Assassin's Creed Valhalla came out. Ah. And that's cool. I really, I really like Valhalla. Um, I don't. I haven't done any of the DLCs yet, but. Um, Are you on console? Uh, no, no. Uh, console meaning PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, yeah yep, or, or yep, Xbox or yep. whatever. You're not PC. No. Um, but I really like that game. That's that's pretty cool. I I dig that. Do you remember EverQuest? Oh yeah. I bought that game right, and it came with like all the DLCs at the time, mm-hmm. and I think it was like forty bucks, right? Something crazy, some crazy deal. And I was so excited. I can't remember why I couldn't immediately play it. Mm-hmm. But I had some time, and I was like reading something about an article or something about how this guy like lost his house and his job and eventually oh his marriage because he got so addicted to this game. Right, that's a little and over the top. I know, seemed like it. So I, but then it, I started seeing like it was becoming a thing. This game was so fucking, dude. I remember I pulled that game out. And I went to go install the first disc, and all of a sudden, all those stories popped in back of my head. And I was like, maybe not. And I just put that shit away, put it back on the shelf, right. and I never fucking played EverQuest. Not fucking once. I bought all them motherfuckers, never installed them. Like, I don't think this is a good idea. I'm bad enough with Madden football. Mm-hmm. Building my own franchise over 20, 30 years. Right. Dude, the civilization that's another one city skylines dude these games are not even like actually the same type of fun that the open world are and i i have a big enough problem with them so addictive dude right so addictive yeah i I mean my son my son plays um uh league of legends oh yeah and he's got a whole team that he plays with they competitive yeah there's, they do it, the competitive they shit. do they do they do the whole twitch thing and i i just can't i i just don't get it right it's like it basically it's capture the flag right is it, really yeah. the element of it but uh, other than that i just you know he's he talks about stuff that like whatever man <laughs> i just don't get it yeah, I'm going to start incorporating a little bit more of it. That's part of the reason we got the fucking Twitch going now. Yep. Um, I'm not a real gamer, so it's not going to be as entertaining as some of the other shit I do yep. at all. There's some guys in the music scene that are actually re- yeah. really into the gaming. Yep. Uh, some Joey the- Moya yep. is one of them. Yep. Uh, Casey Harris from Coffin Rights. I don't think I know him. Yeah, he's a bass player for Coffin Rights. Yeah, I don't think I know he, him. Um, well, shout out to Casey. Yeah, he's hey, bud. he's like a big he's like a big gamer. He Smooches. Does, he does like um, he does a lot of like classic games, you know. So I don't know. He did one that was um, 
like Castlevania or something, you know, and they do like speed competitions to like get through the whole, the whole yeah, game yeah, yeah. or whatever, you know, these. And, and Jason I, Reed, Jason, oh, Jason Reed actually Reed. has a gaming thing. He started it with his kid. Oh, nice. Um, that was kind of the point is like they could spend time together, do something together. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, and they got, I think like close to 1500 subs now. It was monetized not too long ago. Yep. See, I, I go, again, I kind of go back in history here of, of, of like, you know, I remember in high school, the big thing was going to the arcade, you know, early, you know, early in high school and we would play uh, Tempest, we would play um, Asteroids and again, but that was all new technology at the time, right? That Dude, was... my dad had, had an Asteroids. Yep. I've still got one. I've got one up at the house. Yeah, for me, my it was uh, there's two eras of the arcade for me. Right? Mm-hmm. There was the first era, which I was pretty young, but uh, Ninja Turtles video game was out. Yep, that was fucking cool. Yep, you got four people all playing together. Yep, have you ever played Dragon's Lair? No, I don't think so. Maybe that sounds familiar. That was very innovative for its time. It had it basically was a cartoon element, and. You would it would have flashes on the screen where you, which way you would have to turn, right? And if you could fall, if you could respond quick enough, it would actually it would actually move correctly. If you didn't, the character would die, you know. And you had like three deaths, you know, in the game. Yeah. Um, but it was really cool. It was. I actually I think I have it on my phone actually. Dude, you do know? you remember when fucking uh, there was like a. It was like a two to a four year spin where Mortal Com Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. took over the world. Yep. And then I think by the time Mortal Kombat was ready to go to console, Tekken showed up. You remember Tekken? Oh yes. Man, I'm telling you, there was like and all of that happened just like within a handful of years. Yep. And it was just like it was crazy what was happening to video games all of a sudden. Because like I said, the peak was kind of like that Ninja Turtles game. You know, there was a couple more. It was like Double Dragon. Yep. Um, but yeah, the, the arcade the arcade games like in my era were so one-dimensional, basically. Yep. They, they kind of maxed the t- And then all of a sudden, uh, Mortal Kombat showed up. And that took over the world. And then, boom, they threw it on console. It was like Super Nintendo and yep. fucking Sega. Uh, the Genesis, I remember that. And then all of a sudden, it's, you just you th- I think it was like Mortal Kombat 2 had just come out. And it was like, who cares? Right. The new shit's Tekken. Right. And then when Tekken 2 came out and the, the amount of polygons that they had switched to, I remember that was, yep. it was everyone thought they knew what they were talking about. Oh, dude, the polygon, man. <laughs> It's pixels now, is what yeah, we call it. <laughs> there were two games, two games in the past that I really got hooked into. Um, one was um, uh, was Goonies. There was a a game, and this was like I think on Nintendo. And it was just, it was just kind of this. It was almost like a Castlevania type of game where you kind of ran through the screens. Yeah, I think you know, I remember that. You game. had to collect keys and all this stuff. That I would spend hours playing. Um, the other one was um, was Mike Tyson's bo- boxing. The Mike Tyson's punch out. Oh my god, dude! There's yeah. a dude I watch on TikTok. Yep, 
like I only follow him because he plays retro games, and every once in a while right. he'll he does he does a lot of speed runs, mm-hmm. like you were telling me that yep. your kid does, and uh, one of them that he does is Mike Tyson's Punch Out. The nostalgia of watching this piece of shit game brings me so much joy. <laughs> By today's standards, that yep. game is a piece of shit. Right. <laughs> like I'm sorry, but it is. Right. I love it so much. Right. Like there's nothing better than that game. It's the greatest thing ever made. And then do you remember um right in that same wheelhouse of the Nintendo games was uh Oh fuck, what was that game called? Um I can't it'll come to me in a minute, but uh Karate Kid was dope as fuck too. Do you remember Karate Kid? Yeah, I don't remember that one. Karate Kid was a fucking cool video game, dude. It was it was it was it was dumb, but it was cool, man. <laughs> I like that game so much, dude. <laughs> uh, Prince of Persia. Remember Prince of Persia? I never played P- Prince of Persia. I but I did. I seen a fucking seen like a documentary or something about the history of that game, mm-hmm. and I was like, this is kind of wild. Yep. Because didn't they made a movie? Yes. That's fucking great. Yep. The cult and the lore of Prince of Persia. Yep. Pretty fucking wild. For a while, you know, um, probably back in the early 2000s, I got into a bunch of guys at that I, a place that I worked. Um, they they had um, uh, a quake, a whole quake server set up, and that was like a big thing for quite a while. You know, to we'd play games, we'd play quake games like after hours. There'd yeah. be like you know 10, 15 people on this this quake server, just like <laughs> hammering away at it. I got a buddy who was into those, and I remember when it was Doom and Wolfenstein and then eventually yep. Quake. Yep. Yeah, that's basically your Call of Duty crowd now. Yeah. And that's where all those went. And it's funny how, like, some people, that's what video games are. Yep. It's first-person shooters, and everything else can go fuck itself. Right. I, dude, those fucking, dude, oh, my God. Have you ever played the new Call of Duties? No. I had to stop... Um, I think it was Call of Duty Three. Had, had uh, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was the one right after that. But regardless, I had to stop because if I could, I would have reached through my Xbox microphone and strangled an eleven-year-old child to <laughs> death, and I would be in jail right now for murder. Right, of the worst kind of right. the murder of a child because right. I was going to. Like, he just said all the right things, and he was kicking my fucking ass. I didn't rage, like, throw my shit. Yeah, I didn't break anything. Right. Because I realized I couldn't reach through the microphone, so I wasn't going to break my own shit. I wanted to end his life, you know? Like, oh, I just, I was like, oh, this is a problem. Mm -hmm. So I just gently set my controller down. Shut my Xbox off and have never played Call of Duty since. Yeah. Well, what's that one that there's a um, a game that I should probably get back for like PC or whatever that um, is like that, and I can't remember the name of it. There's a few. Uh, Destiny was huge for a while. Uh, Destiny was the the game for a minute. Um, it's very much like Call of Duty though, where you. It's kind of war situation. Yeah, and there's, you go there's with, a couple of them. It's like uh, there's PUBG and uh, Fortnite. 
Those are like the uh, not Fortnite. No, nope. they're like battle royales now. Yeah, because that's what basically Call of Duty is descended into. Yeah, the, the popular thing. It's a battle royale now. Like you were saying earlier, it was capture the flag, dude. When I was into that shit, that's what it was. It was control. Yep. And you were trying to get the other guy. And there's usually three in some sort of row. Yep. Right. So you started here, and you needed to get all three and hold them for a certain amount of time in order to win. Or there's points accumulating the whole yep. time, anyways. And then it kind of switched into like a circle, you know, mm-hmm. so it was more of an ABC instead of a linear idea, yep. which was cool. You know, it is what it is. And then all of a sudden that fucking, that battle Royale style style shit came out and it took over the goddamn world, dude. Yep. Like, now that's basically what video games are. First person shooter in a battle Royale format. If it's right. not that people are like, it's boring until they turn around and they played fucking among us. Right. Have you seen that one? Oh yes. That, that almost made me want to get a PC just for gaming. Right. That I was like, this is a, this is a game I'd be into. Right. I, fuck, I don't trust fucking none of y'all. <laughs> I'm the most untrust. I don't trust nobody. I'm always sus. Right. I, I'm super suspicious of people. So I think I'd be good at that game. I think I'd be able to figure out who the killers are pretty fucking quick. Right. And I was a bill collector for a long time. So hearing it in the voice. Hearing people's bullshit in their voice, I'm pretty good at calling that out. Right. Be interesting to test. Buddy. Yeah, man. Um Yeah, anything else you want to touch on, dude? Just the like like I said, I'm just working on like a lot of a lot of like little little film projects. Is there anything we can play? Or can you tease us or tell us where to go where they will be played when they come out? Yeah, yeah, well, I mean certainly my, my YouTube channel um, for Ruby Glass Media, go. that will. Uh, that is YouTube dot com slash Ruby Glass Media. Well, I don't have like the customized uh, uh, slash yet because oh, I, we got to get you to a hundred. I, I don't. I don't have a number uh, a hundred uh, followers yet. Um, All right. Well, I'm go kind to, of new to that anyway, so it's. I'll put the link in the description. Yeah, on definitely. The, on the YouTube, so we can get you a hundred subs, because that really helps. Oh yeah, definitely. And fuck it, because the address they give you is not related to your channel, and yep. it's super long. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a headache. So I always do like the little tiny URL, you know, to, and that usually helps. Yep. Right. The bitly or whatever. Yeah, the bitly. You can also add a prefix or maybe it's a suffix to it where it's an auto sub. Oh okay. That's what I recommend to a lot of people, man. It, so you basically you take this little. And it's like, I think it's equals sub underscore confirmation equals one or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. Some dumb fucking thing. <laughs> and you take that right. and you put that at the end of your link and then take the whole thing and go throw it in a link shortener mm-hmm. and put that on your Instagram. So when people click it, not only does it bring them to your YouTube channel, but it automatically pops up the thing to subscribe. Right. So they can subscribe right there. Well, like Linktree is like a big thing now, right? Same it's thing. Like, yep. Yeah, put that whole deal in your link tree. Yeah. There's a better looking one out there, though. I'm about to switch. Oh, really? It's the exact same thing, but it, it's it, way more, like, you can theme it, make it look a lot better. Right. Because, yeah, link tree, unless you pay for it, it's kind of clunky. Yeah, and the only reason I know about link tree is, like, you know, models that I've been, you know, working with and everything, most of them have link trees that, you know, go to, like, they, that way they can put all their different sites that, you know, that they set up. Yep. Yeah, I mean, fuck, I gotta have one. Yep. Because it's like, and I'm trying to explain this to a few different people where it's like, 
not everybody is on all the platforms. Right. Right. So you need to be on all the mm-hmm. platforms. So if I'm on Instagram, that's where I can follow you. If I'm on Twitter, that's where I can follow you. Unfortunately, Instagram is the only one that is set up for people like you. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of the whole point. But if you're clever, you can really get any kind of content and mm-hmm. uh, follower intera- interaction on there. But yeah, you got to kind of blanket all that shit, dude, and like just kind of deal with the fact that, yeah, I don't really want to build a Twitter following, but I still have to be on there. But there's yep. a reason I don't fucking post on Twitter. There's a reason I don't follow more than like, I think I'm following like a few cigar companies. I'm following my local politician so I can yell at her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like dumb shit like that. I think mm-hmm. I follow a couple local radio hosts. Right. Um, I think one time there was a comedian who fucking, I can't remember what it was. It, like, it's hilarious. Right. Like, Twitter's not even real to me. <laughs> but I have to have yeah. it, you know? Right. And I think that's even in my link tree, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a Twitter account. I just don't, I just don't get into it it's the most toxic instagram is probably the one that i'm using the most and the only reason i'm using instagram a little bit more now is that i can automatically feed um facebook and facebook i pay attention to but you know it's it is what it is right what's gonna happen now with the meta thing (laughs) who knows (laughs) i want in i want to go into the matrix yeah that's probably what it's going to turn into I want to go into the Matrix or Ready Player One, whatever. Right. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna fight it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna embrace it. I want in. I, I do like the the Vimeo idea. You know, it's like, you know, you can you can use that you can use that site pretty easily to really post. I mean, someone that's, you know, kind of what I'm trying to do with, you know, with film and you know all these other things to to get content out there. You can get content out there, and it it covers a pretty broad spectrum of people that are out there are you on tiktok yet uh uh you know i'm kind of playing with it right now i haven't started doing anything i I saw stuff that like greg did and things like that and i I might start doing something along those lines but probably when i go into um actually filming uh at this point when i get out of like my screenwriting you know you know dilemma um once i start filming everything then i'm probably gonna like light up tiktok and start putting little snippets out there to kind of attracted yeah it's weird like i still don't know what i want to do on tiktok yep i'm still just fucking around with it yep kind of like same thing with instagram there's a reason none of my social medias have followings it's because i have no idea what i'm doing and i really have never thought about it like i realize the amount of time and energy that these people put into their fucking posts and their hashtags and like uh, oh my god dude if you really want to like actually go viral it's fucking work it's like a full time job yeah yep. and I don't want to go viral I don't give a fuck but I need to be present and do this stupid shit right so yep. I'm like kind of fucking around with it because once you figure out what you want to do and how to do it on these platforms whether it's Instagram or TikTok because they're all a little different right Right. once you figure it out don't dude there is some fucking cool shit out there dude and like it's the same thing like what do i even want to see on tiktok you got to build your own algorithm for a while and fucking right learn how their algorithm works versus every because you can't dislike shit you can't it's not reddit you can't downvote it you know yep. you gotta be you, you gotta be careful how long you watch something you're not into 
because that's how that's basically how the algorithm works. It's right. like if you watch something in its entirety and then allow it to replay, especially if you allow it to replay a couple times, they take everything about that algorithm and just start dumping shit like that to you. Right. So if you're smart, you can manipulate that thing pretty fucking quick. And dude, mine is basically down to musicians that don't annoy me. Mm-hmm. Like that's who I follow now on Instagram. Musicians or people that I think are funny and they don't annoy the shit out of me. Right. Because there's other musicians I really fucking like and admire, but the content they put out on Instagram or TikTok, it's fucking annoying, dude. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I ain't trying to be... I'm still a fan. I'll right. go see your concerts and shit, but I ain't fucking following you on this platform. <laughs> so again, but this content you're putting out over on Instagram, I'm down with that. I'll follow you over there. Right. For real. Like I, I stumble across all kinds of musicians that I'm a fan of their bands. Yep. Then I see what they're putting on, on TikTok and I'm like, oh, fuck this. I'm out, dude. And I'm not going to call anybody out, but mm-hmm. some of them get fucking weird, dude. So if you <laughs> right. can figure out how, how you want, like some of them are production tips, dude fucking cool man like this guy's like i got a question about this and you can reply to it and he's like how do you do this to your and he's like oh yeah actually it's this really subtle thing you just do this and dot 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 30 seconds long and i'm like fuck dude that's actually fucking something i like didn't even know right i've been frustrated with for a while Mm -hmm. that will make my kick drum sound better let me do that right sometimes it's mic placement whatever you know and i don't think i'm enough of an expert on anything to make that kind of content. Right. But you could. You right. could do all that kind of shit. There's dudes that do it in their DAW. They sniff that shit down, show it, give you a screenshot. Right. There's guys that'll do it in the field. Fucking cool, man. I've kind of played around. I mean, there's been people that have hit me up for, for like training, you know, sitting down and working with photos, right? Yeah, once you figure out what doing you want to do. Doing post you know, <laughs> um, how I shoot photos, you know, and kind of, I don't know. I, I think sometimes people are looking for like that secret sauce. You know, oh, do I have like, oh, this magic bag of tricks, you know? And unfortunately, I'm not Felix the Cat, so I don't really have that, that you know, that, that magic. But what I do do is I basically just sit down with them and teach them the basics. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there was even like, um, it was kind of funny. There was a, there was a high school kid that wanted to, wanted to shoot photography, you know, as a full-time job. I says, okay, well, wait a second. Before you think about doing that, what else do you want to do? Because you have to kind of consider the fact that if you're just starting out, you're not going to make money at, at this. It's, it's going to be very, very slow going. Yeah. Um, but they wanted an introduction, so I kind of set up it with some bands to go shoot the bands. Um, so we went and shot and, you know, Shooting concert photos to begin with is is a challenge. It's not like walking outside and taking a photo. It's there's a lot to consider. Mm. Um, so I, I've been doing a little bit of training, and I, I've been thinking about you know possibly that might be another avenue that I can take to um, to kind of make things interesting and maybe come up with presets or come up with um, you know certain elements of of photos that will work or certain elements that will yeah. work for all photos. Yeah. And it's weird too, because like the one, the guys that blow up and shit yeah. you, at the beginning when they were do what you can see what they were trying to do and what they wanted to do. 
it didn't work. Right. Like people weren't into it. Yep. But then they slowly evolved, figured out a couple things yep. for that platform, and all of a sudden, boom, they popped. Mm-hmm. And you can see it, and then they're like, okay, this is what I'm supposed, this is the type of content that works for this platform. Yep. And then they just, they fucking just nail it. Yep. And they just go full pedal to the metal, dude. Um, and it's interesting because it's like, it's not, it's almost never what they actually intended to do. <laughs> right. And then they found this weird little niche that only works for them on TikTok. Right. It's not going to work for anybody else on any other. You're not starting a YouTube channel. You could start a YouTube channel, but you're going to have to do something different. You don't just re-upload your, because for some reason, dude, the, the, the way TikTok works, those videos do not do nearly as well on Instagram or uh, YouTube. Mm-hmm. Both have a version of it. Shorts and uh, Reels, I think they're right. called. On Instagram, yep. Yeah, it's not the same. It doesn't, like, it's weird, man. I don't get it. I don't know how to explain it. Yep. But once, the, once you figure it out, and you will, you'll figure it out. You're pretty creative. Yep. But I'm, I'm curious as to what it'll be. Will it be tutorial and instructional shit? Or will it be, yeah. you know, like, you in the process of doing something like, yeah, because I, I got some fucking weird follows. There's one dude I follow. He sits in front of a camera and he hand makes uh, fishing lures. I'll sit, th- I'll sit there and watch <laughs> okay. that. Th- dude, I'm not joking. I'll sit there and watch. And he listens to music. Yep. Yep. And I'll sit there and watch this dude for hours. Right. Like while I'm doing other shit. Right. And it'll just be sitting there on my phone while I'm doing other shit. Right. And it's fucking hilarious, the dumb shit that yeah, there, I am There's into. someone that I follow on... Um, on youtube that they kind of have this really interesting like film perspective right and they drive around this part of this i'll call it the skid row area but it's i think it's kensington uh philadelphia um and they drive around this area with a camera that's pointed out to out to the sidewalk and they literally just kind of walk up and down the street or they basically are just driving up and down the street and they're filming. There's really no sound other than the car driving. Mm. Um, there's no talk through or anything, but you know, and these, these videos are probably 15, 20 minutes long. Mm. Um, but it's, it's almost like, it's almost like the raw elements of life, yeah. you know? Um, and there's a lot of, you know, in that specific area, there's a lot of like, drug abuse and, and things like that. Um, and it's not to highlight that, but it's to show kind of the societal effects of, of that, uh, of that lifestyle. But I mean, it's, that homeless it's pretty, shit is wild, bro. It, it's pretty interesting. It's fucking wild, man. There's a, I'm from Northeast, right? Mm-hmm. There's a fucking homeless camp outside the target in Northeast. Mm-hmm. Dude, they be jacking people in the parking lot. They break into cars. They steal shit from the fucking the stores. Mm-hmm. Like that used to be. I grew up in that neighborhood, and it used to be a nice place, no crime. Mm-hmm. And now my wife is like, I, she's like, I can't even. I don't even feel comfortable shopping there. Right. Like my, it's just and then and I don't know, man. It's fucking crazy. It's absolutely crazy because I started looking into homelessness. And like the homeless crisis, and in every city where they have the highest, and you'd think this is common sense, but where they have the highest budgets to fight homelessness, 
They have the worst problem of homelessness. And oh, you yeah. go, well, of course, because they have the worst problem, they're going to put the most money towards it. Yep. But every time they increase the money they try to put to fix homelessness, the number of homeless people actually goes up. Right. And it's just like, they can't seem to fix it. Right. Like, it just keeps getting worse. Right. And now the shit that's happening in L.A. and San Francisco and shit is starting to happen here in Minneapolis. And we never thought it would be here. Well, that's a, that's an L.A. thing, you know, da 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 you know, it's interesting, This the, in this channel that I'm referring to, you know, they have like, I, I actually think it's, um, I think it's a female videographer that does it, but um, that channel has hundreds, hundreds, if not thousands of videos, that, and they do one each day, every day. Um, and it's just, inter it's really Is it on TikTok? Uh, it's not on TikTok. It's on uh, YouTube. Oh, YouTube. You did say that. Um, My bad. It's, it, it's interesting because it's almost like a snapshot. Do you remember of, the name of it? I want to say it's, is it, the, I think the channel's name is Kim Gary. I'm going to look it up. Um, but it's interesting. And, you know, the one thing that occurred to me In is their that, short videos? Yeah, they're like, I think 20 minutes, 20 minutes. Oh, max. that's pretty long. Um. I mean, you the know, one, the you know how thing, much they probably filmed to yeah. edit down to twenty minutes. Actually, it's it's pretty much there's not a lot of editing. Oh, really? You know, that goes into it. It's just kind of the video, and then there's some there's some trans some simple transitions, but that's you know that's about it. Crazy. Um, so pretty it, impressive. One of the things that that kind of occurred to me though is that if we ever thought that zombies didn't exist, it's like in this neighborhood they do they almost do. Mm -hmm. You know, because, it, and actually real life zombies, people that are, you know, that obviously have pretty serious addictions and, and things like that. Um, there's a lot of heroin use, you know, in that area. Um, yeah, a lot of that is a result of the fucking oxy epidemic. Exactly. Yeah. Regular people who got prescribed and addicted to oxycontin yep. became homeless yep. because they lost their jobs because, of, because they were drug addicts. You know, they were taking a heavy narcotic and they were told it was safe by their doctors and the pharmaceutical companies. And then once they were homeless, couldn't afford an oxy anymore. Heroin's yep. cheaper. So they switched to heroin. It's just a Fucked huge, up, it's a huge, huge problem in this, yep. in this one area. And, um, people are, some people are just San walking Francisco, around. Right? Uh, no, it's Philadelphia. Oh, Philadelphia. I thought you said Skid Row. Um, no, it's. It, it, I said it's like Skid Row. Oh, it's, it, I think bad. it's. I think it's gotcha. Kensing, Kensington, um, Kensington, Pennsylvania. It's in Philadelphia. Okay. It's right near Philadelphia. I got you. Um, but yeah, it's it's um, it's pretty interesting. It's and I'm not sure why it's so. It's just so captivating, you know. To you, just kind of you have. It's almost like you have a window. You have a window into into that that world that we didn't know either existed or that we weren't really consciously aware of. Yeah. Um, so it kind of, it kind of shows you what it's like and what it, it's real life. It's, it's real stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, or unfortunately, I don't know if there's a solution to it. You know, if there's a, there's a way that they're trying to make it better because it doesn't seem like it is. It doesn't really look like it ever gotten better over the, if I go back two months and I look at video Versus the current one, it's kind of the same situation. Right. You know, it doesn't seem like the city or, or you know, the quote government is doing anything about it. Yeah, and I don't think they can. 
Right. I don't think you can do anything to change somebody else's mind. Right. And that's what has to change in order for anything to happen. Right. Like they got to decide, like if we're talking about a drug addict, mm-hmm. you can pick them up and throw them in jail. You can pick them up and throw them in rehab, yep. but until they decide they're done. Oh yeah. They're not done. And that seems like so obvious and it seems so common sense, but that's also true with taking your medication. If you ever have mental illness, like mm-hmm. getting to a doctor, you know, um, keeping a job, like some, I, I know a lot of people that I have met, um, where they were basically street kids. Like they want to be home. They do not want a job. They do mm-hmm. not want that lifestyle. They want to be transients. They're street kids. And, uh, that is a part of the the, the homeless crisis as, as well, mm-hmm. is the system, if you think about it that way, is so fucked that there's more and more people being like, I don't, I just, I'd rather be homeless. Like, what the right. fuck? Right. Like, homeless is appealing? That's how bad shit is? Right. Wow, that's fucking wild, man. Because I don't give a fuck who you are. That shit's a hard-ass life. I don't, and it's, yeah, I just don't know, man. It's fucking, I don't think anybody can fix it until... Until the value people are getting back with the output they're putting in. Until that ratio changes, you know. So they're getting not just money, but they're getting like Mm self-worth from having a job basically and keeping a job or a career or a passion. Whatever it takes to not be homeless, you know. I think there's a mix. There's a mix of some some that, you know, maybe can't do that maybe have had bad luck you know things like that uh, and then there's obviously the ones that you talked about where do you know about made, the vets made choice the vets are an interesting one so they get housing provided by the va but they're not allowed to drink or do drugs and they have right. to take fucking uh piss tests and shit and right a lot of them are like fuck that man right that's basically jail and i think they have to check in at a certain time like you know like I don't remember exactly what the detail is, but I see again like a documentary thing, and it's just like there's so many things we have to where it's like it's almost too easy to become homeless, mm-hmm. and then in order to not be homeless, people want control over your life. Mm. That's what it's kind of painted out like. Oh, you got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do this. You got to do that, and it's not. I'm not talking about being responsible, you know, like you and I have to be. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about like me having a an ability to invade your privacy. No, nope, you got to do drug tests. Right. You got to do this. That's not appealing to people, man. That just sounds like control. So if I want to get better, I got to let you run my life. Right. Like, wait, what? Nobody's going to do that. No right. wonder we have more homeless people because the only way they can. And then I want to know where the fuck is that money going? <laughs> Right. Because it's clearly not helping the homeless. That's why I don't, dude, I'm still pretty fucking liberal. But as I get older, I definitely start to understand my government hating grandparents. I don't want to give the government any control or decision making ability. I don't want to give them more money. I don't trust them. They've mm-hmm. proven to not be able to do a goddamn thing. And even in my era, we can't even win wars anymore. Like, at least in, in their era, they were good at killing people. <laughs> right. Now, now we don't even do that. You know, we just, 
Oh, God, I can't even get started. We should wrap this up, dude. Yep. We've been going about three hours, man. Okay. This is a blast, brother. I yeah, appreciate definitely. you coming down and doing this. Yeah, if anybody's for interested me. for any video or photo work, uh, links in the description, Ruby Glass Media. Yep. All your contacts information is yep. there, correct? Definitely. And let's get this man to 100 subs. I'm going to put that link here in the description as well to get you over to Ruby Glass Media on their YouTube channel so we can get you uh, uh, to your first 100 subs, man. Definitely. Probably uh, maybe three people will actually do it. <laughs> but hey, well, three three's better than zero, right? I let's mean, get you to 100. Let's yeah. get you to 100 so you get that fucking custom. Yeah, certainly. And I mean, if there's any, if there's any bad. Whoa. Whoa. Hold on. I forgot to turn that off. <laughs> I was just edited. <laughs> if there's anybody, well, I'm sorry, dude. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it usually just plays to the end, yeah. and I'm sitting here, and I turn it off, but I left it on, so when we went back to that, that, that scene, it just it started from the top again. I apologize, my brother. Yeah, and speaking of music, that was great. That was, a, that was actually a good segue. Speaking of music, if there's any bands out there that, um, that are interested in doing you know any promotional work, uh, any um, any talk about any creative work for for music videos? Certainly hit me up. Um, same thing with individual um, you know photos too. If somebody uh, if you have a concept or you know you want to create something, um, obviously the darker and the more horrifying the the better. Um, I can certainly work with that, and you know would love to would love to hear it and love to would love to work with anybody. Awesome, dude. Well, I appreciate yep. you coming down, ma'am. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me. Let's do this again sometime. Yep. Thanks, man. You drink? Occasionally. All right. Next summer. Next summer? Come back like six months. Okay. We'll yeah. have a couple of beers or a couple of cocktails, whatever you like. Yeah, definitely. For y'all, like, subscribe, follow, sub, whatever fucking platform you're watching this on. We're on multiple platforms now. I don't even know where you guys are, who you guys are, but I love you and I appreciate you. Yep. You're the real ones.